Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. My name is Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 72 with senior concept artist at Bungie, Mr. Joseph Cross. In this episode, we talk about his most recent project, a game called Destiny, uh, which just got released after many years of development. We talk about his process working on it, who he's worked with on it, uh, his his goals and, and, and ambitions working on the project. We talk about his art education, his family, music. We also talk about how he finds really awesome gems on eBay that inspire him. I hope you guys really enjoy this. It's going to be a great episode. It's going to be number 72 with senior concept artist at Bungie, Mr. Joseph Cross. Enjoy. Got some sweet books there. Dude, yeah, uh, it's my, it's my, that's years and years of, of, of obsession and fetishizing <laughs> print and, and books and stuff. Yeah, I can, I can sense it in some of your work, like, um, when you sent, uh, when you, when you reached out to me, I've been checking out your work for some time and I finally realized that you were the person that was in charge or, um, uh, in cre- the creator of a lot of this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is very <laughs> cool. The cool thing too, is I noticed that there's... Uh, you mentioned that you like print and stuff. Yes. And design. Yeah, because um, you have that aesthetic. I think a lot of concept dudes like m- miss out on that aesthetic, if that makes totally. sense. And it's cool. Like, it's rad. Like, I'm seeing some old school stuff. You know, like those guys that did, like, that Wipeout? Oh, my God. What's yeah. the, what are those guys' name? Like, the... Designers Republic. De- Designers Republic. That's it, yeah. Yeah, there's some of that cool, like, fun vector stuff. Do you, are you building that stuff, like, in... Um, we're going all technical already. I'm sorry. I'm just curious. Um, are you? Do you do a lot of that stuff in like Illustrator and then kind of build, extrapolate on that from there? I don't actually. I I, I try to avoid Illustrator. <laughs> How come? Um, it's it's awesome. It's an amazing program, obviously, but I, it's still hard. It's hard for me to think in Illustrator because um, uh, you know I. It, I it's just the this just sort of the nature of it is a little sort of restrictive for my process um so and you know i i don't even really think of myself as doing graphic design when i do it i think of sort of i think of it as illustrations of graphic design yeah in a way so um but you know i it, there're definitely times when you know if you're delivering assets they need to be vector and and so sort of suck it up but <laughs> yeah, I you'd probably say ninety percent of that stuff is Photoshop. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my my friend Aaron Aaron Beck he does a lot of stuff in Photoshop too, and we were trying to exchange files. I'm like, dude, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> give me the, give me the vector R file, and yeah, it's just funny. But I mean, I guess with the vector, it's a lot safer because then you can't you can rechange and size it up to crazy amounts, and it's all mathematical and stuff. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're dealing with print. I mean, there's not. It's not even close. Yeah, no. it isn't. No, I mean because you have the restraints of the of the of the pixel based system in comparison to like the mathematical based stuff. But yeah, that's cool. No, looking at your books, like I think we have a couple of similar ones. I'm seeing the dude. I I see your book. Your your sort of you know I've checked a few of your you know whatever you, you call it, you post sort of your weekly or monthly hauls of books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I it's like it's a mirror image of my of my collection. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I wish you were my neighbor. Then Dude. I then I wouldn't have to go buy books. 
Yeah. <laughs> we just have uh, individual library cards and then just uh, <laughs> swap. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really, do you ever let anybody borrow your books? I'm like, no, sorry, you cannot borrow my books. I'm, yeah, I, I've I'm a been, dick about that's, it. That's, that's, I've, as I've gotten older, I've sort of relaxed a little bit, but yeah, oh. I used to be pretty, <laughs> pretty militant about it. Um, but these days, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, sh- I try to share the wealth, spread the wealth, and you know, I try. I'll have like show and tell days, like at Bungie, where I'll bring in a bunch of my books and like. Or I also collect like original art and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Where do you, Where do you go about getting original art? Because that's been one thing I've been trying to focus on acquiring some, just so I can yeah. start studying it. Yeah. Is it just? Do you go like Comic Cons and stuff like that? Is that like a? I don't. I, you know, um, I used to. I used to hit Comic Cons and like look for the gems. Um, like WonderCon and, and stuff. I grew up in the Bay Area going to WonderCon a lot, and that's where I sort of teethed on that stuff. Um, but really, it's I'd spread with like 80, 90% eBay and, and uh, original art dealers and stuff like that, and just just waiting for, for gems to show up. Um, like, uh, like this gem I acquired fairly recently, for example. You can see that guy. This is... Uh, Original cool. self from Ghost in the Shell of the Sniper. Oh man! From the, <laughs> the <laughs> helicopter. You remember that? They like just throw that shit away. That's so cool, dude. I got this for twenty-five bucks. Yes, score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, so I, I love that scene too. The design, the mechanical design in that film. It's hard to believe it. It's it's, it's as old as it is. You know, the imagination yeah. and the thought process is just so. Um, it's so so damn respectable <laughs> yeah it's amazing i just watched some dude did you did you post the video of the guy sort of doing like a 30 minute analysis of it uh yeah i think that might have been me there is yeah. a there's a really great analysis that, that guy breaks down like all the um the consciousness and the being yeah and all oh my stuff. god how cool is that so good like it I, like I, I didn't think i could appreciate it more but <laughs> I, but after that, it, I totally did. I think I get swept up in like, oh, it's so cool. And it's like, it's amazing art that's moving. And so yeah. I just get all like, I get all horny for the art. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, what's the story? <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I, when, I, when we were doing the Ghost in the Shell thing, I watched it so many times. I, that's when I really started to appreciate and articulate the story and what it meant to me. Because I had to really start getting into the ideas and stuff. Yeah. But until then... I was just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, cream free. Totally, <laughs> yeah. Like you, I, you totally accept it as a masterpiece without without understanding the story. Yeah, um, Akira was sort of like that for a long time too. Like it, it took you know, took me a long time, and I, I'm still not sure. I, <laughs> <laughs> what is it to I you? Because I know Akira. that I know that um, Otomo. Uh, from what I understand and what I've read, I know that he was uh, and friends with um Yodorowsky, mm-hmm. and i know that he, he he admired mobius as well as we all do and yeah and, um but i i just part of me thinks that and i think i read it somewhere i can't remember i have almost all of, of Atomo's stuff and i think i read it in an interview that was uh translated but he was saying that he had spoken to Yodorowsky and about the story and stuff and i think Yodorowsky actually helped him in some some degree you know that, yeah, it totally makes sense. It does, right? Uh, yeah, psychedelic. 
it's psychedelic it's it's uh it's out of body it's just you know it's a story that doesn't really have a complete resolve but it does yeah and it's up to interpretation which i think leads to what a classic is you know it's like an everlasting (laughs) thing yeah uh yeah akira and ghost in the shell yeah yeah (laughs) that's all i can say they're just uh, they're like some of the best to complete. Like Akira itself, as a body of work, as the, the manga and to the anime, is like one of the most biggest accomplishments in art I can r- imagine in my generation. So absolutely, it, yeah, nothing touches it. Like, what else nothing touches, really it? touches it? Well, Ghost in the Shell, obviously. Ghost in the Shell is so amazing, but it's on its own scale. Yeah, and then the Akira, shit. the Akira manga, I think transcends the 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 anime the anime in in a lot of ways too how dare that guy seriously (laughs) do you have all the books yeah definitely yeah yeah there's another another recent score was uh um from from akira the, the manga like an original plate like from the printing press sick of one of the pages, That's like so this, a cool. metal. What the shit? Did you get off that, that off of eBay? I got it off of eBay, yeah. Dude. Yeah, uh, for like 50 bucks or something. What? Yeah, ridiculous. Can you do me a favor when you can't afford something and you like it? Can you just <laughs> send me a link to it? Dude. I got to get on this eBay shit because my wife's going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's addictive for sure. That's so cool, though, like seeing the translation. Does, do you think that helps your art, seeing all this stuff? It helps me. I know that for sure. I don't know. It, it just fuels, it fuels you. You know, it feels, I mean, it's hard, it would be hard to say it like has a direct, like one-to-one influence on something, but it just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's like food for thought. It's like, it's like, it's like inspiration, you know, like uh, funneled right into you, into your veins kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. I always wanted books growing up. Did you? Did you? Were you able to collect books growing up? Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, obsessively. I mean, comic. You know, comic books were my. What are some of the ones from your past that you can remember being like a big impact on you? Um. Um. The first, like early on, you know, I in 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 high school and even elementary school, I got into the whole like. Uh, you know, sort of the, 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 the weekly and the monthly Marvel comics. Um, I remember uh, the Silver Surfer, like the Infinity Gauntlet was really big for me. Yeah, um, that's old school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight. So uh, good. Epic. Uh, Ronin, Frank Miller's Ronin. Yeah, um, you like that? Not many people like that or even know about it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's still one of these things that's, I feel like it's still sort of ahead of its time or something like it. Just the fact that it exists is amazing. This I couldn't believe it either. When I had read it, I was like, whoa, this is way different yeah. from anything that was out then that I can know of. But I think he was taking in, uh, inspiration from the world. He was like inspired by Japan before anybody else was really, yeah. you know, and he was inspired by like a lot of the, Fren- the French dudes and shit. Like you can totally. feel it. Yeah. I remember reading an interview with Frank Miller about, uh, Japanese woodblock prints and uh, and 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 how you know it was during when Sin City was sort of just coming out at its peak and he was saying how uh, or it, the the interview was um, came out at that time but it, the interview was from when he was working on Daredevil and said he said he was working he was really inspired by Japanese woodblock prints and and he wasn't sure how they were going to influence his work 
but he's sure that that at some point they would, and 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 you know, it's clear that that they did for Sin City, and that was that was that was really awesome to me to think about. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a he's a cul- and a, cul- a culmination of everything. I think about his career quite a bit because I'm studying him, and I thought it was interesting because I don't know if you know, but he went out to. I think where was he? he was in he was doing something in hollywood for like two years he stopped drawing and then he came back and he just rocked out sin city so he took like I a two, he took like a two-year hiatus from the stuff that i read that's what i remember but he took Is like, that because didn't he di- didn't he direct robocop 2 or some robocop 3 or some shit oh i don't know i don't know Is that that, that might have been what he was doing in hollywood he was doing something. I can't remember. I think he was getting everything ready for another film or something. I could be mixing things up, but I remember that he had taken a break from, from drawing, and then he mm-hmm. had come back, and then he felt like, you know, if you don't draw for two years, and but you if you have the body of work like he does and the mind that he has, and you're mm-hmm. going to come back to something really interesting. And, yeah, I've been studying for that a little bit because it's really interesting. It's a huge body of work. It kind of falls goes crazy gets more abstract you can tell he's kind of going crazy towards the end yeah which is really interesting but that first that first book of it of his that's a culmination of all the little mini books that he was putting out mm-hmm. that thing is just fucking golden man it's, yeah it's so great and the graphic level right you know yeah amazing it is it's masterful like every page almost is like you can just frame it because it's just this iconic thing yeah, it's really rare. I I look through a lot of art. I look at a lot of art actually, and it's really rare when when a comic or a, even just a book has every page. It just has this amazing level, and mm-hmm. you know, Otomo has it, but it's all in detail, right? Yeah. But it's also composition. Otomo's great at composition. He's very he's he's big on Eisenstein and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. Frank Miller's like graphical sense is amazing. So yeah. Um. The only you know, there's a few guys that come close. That I don't know if you, if you know Eduardo Rizzo, who did a hundred bullets. I don't know. Um, similar, similar sort of effect where it's just this massive body and work of work, and you feel like every every panel is a masterpiece. Oh, he did a he did a a book about how to draw noir, right? I think he he did it. Maybe. Book. Yeah, I, I think he did a book like like how to draw. What's his name again? Eduardo, Eduardo Rizzo. Or Hizo, maybe he's uh, Brazilian. Hizo, did he do a Batman? Yeah, I'm sure he did a Batman. But a hundred bullets is the thing that sort of made his name. I want to do a Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it's it's like when I read about um, Frank Style too, he would draw everything, and then he would draw everything loosely with pencil or brush or whatever, and then he would or sharpie, and then he would draw the fabric over it in red. And then he would go and ink all the, the filled-in areas. Hmm. And then he'd go back in with a quill and do all the, the fine line work. And then he would then he would go in with white at the end. But he would do oh. all he'd do all 160 pages like that. That's like, nuts. It is nuts. How dare he? I, I always defend... Um, I don't know how you feel about Dark Knight Strikes Again or Dark Knight. Is that the sort of follow-up to the Dark Knight Returns? I don't know. I haven't read that one. Is that is that his as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the one that sort of got panned for the, for the sort of, um, questionable Photoshop coloring really that, that, that his wife did. Um, I don't know if you, if you don't, if you don't know about it, it's probably not interesting, but there's, there's, it's, it's, it's sort of a uh, love it or hate it kind of a thing. It's um, called the dark Knight. What? Dark Knight strikes. strikes. Uh, 
again. strikes again or strikes back. Uh, the dark back strikes again. Yeah. And she was doing Photoshop. Oh yeah, this is interesting. This is like old school Photoshop style yeah. coloring. Lynn Varley. Um, yeah, she did a really good job with his early stuff. I felt right. like she handled it really well. But yeah, this is like when digital was, and and Frank's kind of like pushing it too. I know, but like this wasn't that old. Like there was still, I mean, there was you know people were doing amazing stuff like rendering in Photoshop even at this point, and this stuff looks almost. It looks almost ironic, you know, or yeah, our pop pop art. Yeah, postmodern or something. Like. Yeah, it very much has that. It's cool to it's it's it, for me. I don't know. It's yeah, it's interesting. Whoa, like it got, it got panned as just being amateurish. Like people just didn't get it. I, maybe it was. Maybe it was naive. I don't know. Well, how could you be amateurish if it comes from a master? I think I don't know. I think that's overlooking the possibility that it's genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I I always defended it, sort of some to some extent to play the devil's advocate, but because all my friends ripped it apart. Just the coloring, not the art necessarily. Well, if you look at the art, it's completely exaggerated and crazy. You could see yeah. you could see the tone in this in the feel that was coming with uh, um, his the comic before that. You can see yeah, it exactly. coming there, you, but it's it's almost as if it hits a head there. And then right. I think he, I think he realized he might have pushed it too far, and then that's when he came back to his roots, maybe perhaps with Sin City and yeah, pulled yeah, in all those like. It's it's those little details that really solidifies it, I think, for me, you know. But it's mm -hmm. also the gesture and 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 when I'm looking at these things, a lot of the scale and stuff are is a bit odd, you know. Like the hands yeah. are like three times bigger than the head, but yeah. But then we also have World of Warcraft, so what the fuck? So yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know. I'm down to defend this, you know. I don't know. I'm a big I'm a big Miller fan. Yeah, I brought it up in my last podcast actually with Alberto Miego. Is he was we were talking about um, artists being themselves, mm -hmm. and and res and and for me, I, I respect I respect somebody just being themselves themselves even if they're going to be a dick. You know, like I mean, I don't know, like as long as they're not hurting anybody, you know, like they're just using yeah. the words. But are you you're talking? You mean in, in the in the context of Frank Miller's sort of political? Yeah, um, yeah. Did you follow yeah. any of that? Did you see that happen with that? Yeah, man. What the fuck? Did what was your what was your takeaway from that? I mean, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a, uh, a liberal guy. Um, I yeah, it was it was a huge turnoff for me. I mean, it was, you know, I I, I you know immediately just had to completely uh, separate the, the the man from the art and and you know sort of moving forward. I love you know I'm a, the guy's a master and I'll always love his work, but that was a big. Uh, it was pretty. It was sort of a bum out for me, frankly. <laughs> no pun um, intended. Yeah, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, it was not intended. Yeah, I. You know what? When I I was telling uh, Alberto about it, I was telling him that I thought it was. You know, everybody has an opinion, right? And and mm. sometimes I think your opinion should probably be to yourself. And perhaps he didn't realize the power of what he was about to say. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he did. I mean, who gives, uh, Who knows? But anyways, what I like is that I like when people are willing to be themselves, even if they're going to look like a dick, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like you know what? That's his opinion. 
and yeah. he's earned his opinion because that's himself and sure. he's, he's okay with just being himself and and it is an opinion and he is a new yorker and that's where holy terror comes from and all these like weird fucking angst and stuff i mean i have mm-hmm. no clue i don't know the guy personally mm-hmm. um but i just i don't know I, it's, it's been interesting because i literally am studying him and many other artists but i just find it fascinating you know these these uh this the social um killing of him his personality basically i found was kind of interesting but yeah i don't know you know i think i i i appreciate that people are willing to be themselves or not you know he's not trying to just like flower and fluff up everything if you read his comics and you really understand what he's going about he's very aggressive and he's very stern and strong about his beliefs you know that's what makes his work so fucking great he took like daredevil which is kind of whatever and turned it into this amazing realistic hero that you just have to love because he has he has blood pumping through his veins you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that lack of sacrifice about who he is i think that's what makes his great work you know it's yeah no we're getting his soul you know so yeah that's probably what i heard a lot of people though is because they all thought that they were connecting with his soul and then deep down they they, did finally realize that he's kind of a shithead you know so (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's it's his opinion you know have you seen pictures of him from uh comic-con from this last comic-con I saw pictures of him. There was a there was a recent. I was an article in the New York Times or something about him. Or I saw. I've seen recent images of him. Yeah, it looks. I feel bad. It looks like he's got some kind of cancer thing going on or something. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he. Hopefully, he's he's okay. It's you know like we lost like uh, Mobius and stuff. It's like damn, you know. This these guys are like so special to this my childhood. You know, it's like interesting to see. You know, as we're getting older and stuff, yeah. seeing this stuff happen, it's crazy. But anyways, if, they, if, they, if he dies, he'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, like that's uh, that's a that's a ironic and kind of fucked part about being an artist too. Is almost usually if you're really good or if if you're somewhat good at when you're alive you become like this crazy, like powerful, omnipotent being, but you can't appreciate it. I guess that's the irony, right? Of being an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it fucked? It is sort of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess it, that's it, why it, it's it, good to re- to smell the roses while you can. Totally. <laughs> I always think about that in terms of like, uh, you know, in terms of fine artists who are produ- who, who produce paintings and, 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 and sort of reach a status or a level of, of, you know, a certain a certain success level like that. You know, like Jeff Koons or Gerhard Richter or somebody, and 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 then you have to think about your legacy and the amount of work that you're leaving, and 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 that sort of thing is always a big a big mindfuck for me. Yeah, it's total mindfuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, it's just a really weird. I don't know, being an artist and and having this possession. Uh, it's a compulsion. Is it a compulsion for you? Like, if you don't draw and you don't, if you don't express yourself creatively, like, if somebody took you out of that room and never let you go back in there and never let you draw again, would you feel sick? <laughs> I don't know. I, some sometimes I feel like that. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it'd be a huge relief. <laughs> you know. But you couldn't shut it off, could you? No, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think I'd find other ways. You know, I always, I always think about that comparison that I've heard. Probably you know a dozen times on, on in interviews where you prefer you know if you could only have music or art, what would you prefer? What would you have? And I always think music, and I always think I'd always fall back on music or something. You know? Yeah. Um, Do you play music then? 
I don't play, no. But I mean, I, I it's a huge part. It's always been a huge part of my life. Yeah. What kind of music are you into? Um, I grew up. I grew up listening to hip hop almost yeah. exclusively. Like um, uh, underground hip hop or like mainstream stuff. Well, I mean, I'm old enough so that I grew up. The, like I grew up in a at a time when there was no real different. <laughs> no real difference. Sure. Um, I you know I grew up sort of a kid child of the nineties and, and, um, you know, listened in the, in the late eighties to like the, you know, your run DMC and Dougie fresh and slick Rick and all those guys. And then in the nineties, the sort of Mecca of, of, you know, De La Soul and Farside and all those, all those acts. Um, it was so much fun then. So much fun. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I never really got into gangster rap, to any large extent and oh, come on of, why not i mean i had definitely had the nwa <laughs> <I'm> just joking <laughs> it's hard to relate to huh yeah um and then the sort of uh blink puff daddy era sort of ended it for me um and, and now i sort of you know i listen to most deaf and and um there's a new a new guy i really love shad um but but now i listen to mostly electronic music um at a certain point in like the late nineties, I discovered actually you mentioned Wipeout before that um, Wipeout XL soundtrack from like 19, I don't know, it was like 97 or something had the first uh, Daft Punk track that was released in, in the United States. A lot of people don't realize, I think, um, mm. and future sound of London, the orb chemical brothers, and just this whole wave of electronic music that, that I totally jumped on board with and, and went through a big period of trance, you know, only listening to trance and house music. And that's pretty much it right now. I just have my sort of electronic stations on Spotify that I just let play all day. Oh, yeah, um, Spotify, a lot of my friends use it. I'm still, I don't know why I don't use it, but everybody that does use it, that's like their shit. It is the shit. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's the kind of thing you can't imagine life without it. Like That's what everybody says. Everybody says do. that. Yeah, everybody says that. I can't imagine my life without this. So I was like, that's a really damn good app if people are <laughs> saying that. Like, everybody says that. Everybody yeah. that uses it, they say that same thing. And so I go, oh, I don't know if I want one, another one of those things. But what do you do for music? Uh, I'm just super picky. So and I just I just listen to the stuff that I want to listen to at the moment. Or like a, fr a friend of mine will turn me on to an album and I'll go and grab it. Um, I just mostly just listen to... What does that mean? Go grab it. Oh, like you'll go on iTunes and download it from iTunes. Okay. And, you know, not like you'll go pick up a physical copy. No, well, there is none of that, right? Like, there's no yeah. stores or anything, so it's all done off the internet, really. You know, and I don't yeah. have time to get out and go grab stuff. Really. I mean, I don't yeah. make I don't make time for that. There is no such thing as a store. I don't know. Is there? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. It might be like record stores, like you know, like the ones that are holding on. Yeah, I guess um, Best Buy, maybe. Um, yeah, I guess they have it. God, I remember that. That was so crazy. Like going through it, you remember like the the, the CDs, and they'd be on like like attached that big plastic thing, and you have to like flip through it and shit. Yeah. And you'd, I would, I, I always, I always get fucked because like I would, I would really want to test a, a an album out, and this is before like the internet or you know that I had access to the internet, and I'd just gauge it by the cover, and I'd always get fucked. It's like comic books too, like. Mm -hmm. dude they paid somebody to make a cool cover and then i listen to it and it's just like super crappy 
Yeah. yeah. So you'd have to ask like the guy behind the counter mm-hmm. and then he likes stupid shit and then you buy that stupid shit album and then it's like all the money you have and you just get really upset. But Dude, then you still yeah. bump it anyways because that's the only CD you got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you kids I, yeah, now it have awesome. it so easy. <laughs> I collected vinyl obsessively for a number of years and would would do that, you know, electronic music at at a certain point literally the only way you, you could just you either had to have somehow been exposed to it or just sort of take a stab at at something based on the album art. I found some amazing amazing records just on the album art. Um and that was there's sort of like a gambling aspect to it, which was really sort of addictive, also. Because <laughs> you, you never know. I guess it's like you know Easter eggs or something. You never know what you're going to get. You know exactly. And yeah. so it's just uh, yeah. And then sometimes yeah, of course you get you'd get the gem, and and it would be like your favorite shit. Yeah. And now it's just like, or even if like uh, I just go want to test out the album, I'll just go on YouTube, and almost the whole album's there. You know, and if I like it, I support it. And I'll go grab it. Yeah. Or I'll go and make sure I go to the concert so I can support them because usually that's where they get the most support is live mm-hmm. shows and stuff. But yeah, 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 vinyl and stuff, man. I remember I'd have like Black Flag on vinyl. My mom was mm-hmm. like, "Dude, I don't like that album." I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> that was my anti years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. That that shit was crazy. And it just yeah, sounded, it really sounded like crap too. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But you sound like you're more into the hip hop and electronic phase than where I went. Yeah, in. yeah. I never had any real, you know, sort of uh, um, the sort of rebellious years. You know, my dad is all was always amazing and encouraged my tastes. And my dad would bring me bring me home hip hop vinyl. I mean, that's how wow. I got exposed to it. He what would literally gem. bring me home twelve inches of of of, of hip hop. And, you know, um, we lived, I grew up in the Bay area in Berkeley and, uh, there was an amazing, uh, you know, uh, amazing record stores and there was sort of a, you know, a huge hip hop culture in Berkeley and Oakland. So we got yeah. all the best stuff. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Not many people ha- are fortunate to have such cool parents. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Not then you don't parents. need to be rebellious cause you're just like, Hey, this is cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to rebel against, really. I guess at that point, because you're just like, yeah, everything right. was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good way. I try to really be cautious of that too with my daughter. It's just, yeah, I just I can't get with the stuff that she listens to. So yeah, it's just I just want to throw like a a pencil in my ear. Wow, like how old is your daughter? She's nine, so I'm okay. not supposed to like the music that she listens to. But I'm, she's I'm, old enough to actually have musical tastes. Yeah, I try to open her up to the you know some of the stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think she likes the things I listen to. So <laughs> yeah, you can worry about that. Like, I, I have a daughter. I have a six-year-old daughter. Yeah, close um, then. Yeah, I worry about or I think about that. Like, um, do you sort of use reverse psychology? Like, <laughs> you know, is she gonna hate the stuff you listen to just on principle or? You know, should should we actually be listening to like Katy Perry so she ends up hating it? Oh, I don't know if I could do that though. That's yeah. that's what they listen to, man. And I'm just yeah. like, dude, it it's like the it's like Satan yeah. reincarnated himself into his music. And it's just oh my god, <laughs> it's yeah, dude. I it's know so overproduced and it's just so plastic and it just feels. I mean, she's of course she's got talent. The people that are making it have talent. Like, you could feel it, but it's just in all the worst ways, you know. It's like triple lens flare filter. Mm-hmm. 
(laughs) on everything it's just like dude it's so polished it just feels dead but it's screaming that it's alive and it's like no you're dead you just suck yeah it's a facsimile of 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 life i hate to be negative on that stuff but it's just I, i draw the line on certain things and music i'm i don't know if you're the same way but like if I if I'm in the car and, and there's music and I, I can't control it, I get like all pissed off and shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my wife, unfortunately, she has to be aware of that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm super like, oh, I want it to be this song or something. No, so if, music affects my mood and tremendously. So totally. Yeah, if you're using Spotify all the time, then it's gonna be definitely part of like your daily schedule and daily routine. I'm sure. So. Oh my God, it's crucial. I just. I've discovered so much amazing music in the last year because of the Spotify radio. It's like uh, it's like Pandora, but just way, 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 way better. Um, is this because the selection is really big, or it's more selection accurate? is amazing? Yeah, it just constantly surprises me, and 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 has the most obscure stuff. And like you know, you find find some obscure song you like, and start the radio of that obscure song, and find you know a dozen more amazing songs you wouldn't would never hear. That's weird. That's crazy. I wouldn't. Maybe that's my hesitation too, because I'm such a music junkie. I know exactly what I like, and yeah, I just go for that. And then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I do like having a random thing come up, and because like for a while there, I'll be like really heavy into like low, like down tempo electronic, uh, electronic music, and then all of a sudden like a really great like rock song comes on or something. Like, oh, I forgot this genre exists. You know, <laughs> this is great, and then I'll just yeah. listen to that for a while. But yeah, I'm sure it probably helps to switch it up and then kind of get a shuffling through it too. So yeah, yeah, because I have too many songs. I have like just ridiculous amount of music on my computer. But yeah, maybe I'll ch- definitely check that stuff out because so many people have talked to me about it and they're just all about it. Some of my friends they still dig through the blogs and all that stuff and they really hunt for it. And mm-hmm. those are the guys that I go like, okay, what what are you into right now? Like, what's the good yeah. shit? Like, show me, and th- and then they'll help me out. So they're kind of like my my makeshift spotify so but i'll probably have to i'll have to submit to the man soon i know yeah, if i guess point. You can't, <laughs> you can't resist yeah because if you're if you're saying you're a music connoisseur and it's giving you stuff that you've never heard then that's good news to hear because yeah yeah it's like a good yeah. friend it's like a good seal friend. of approval yeah. yeah okay all right so let's uh let's talk about art i guess yeah yeah you want to talk about art yeah, what is it? Eh, fuck yeah, art. Some... Art sucks. Dude, so, <laughs> so you have a six-year-old daughter, huh? That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have any other kids? Yeah, four-year-old boy. Wow, busy. Yeah, it's crazy. There's, they're like right next to me, so oh. if I have to run, they should sleep, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no problem, man. I understand yeah. how it goes. My daughter's nine. She sleeps like a rock, though, so we're really fortunate. Good, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing we really lucked out with. Because if you have a kid that doesn't sleep, you're just super bummed. Yeah, <laughs> life is. Yeah, we're at the, we're chill. still at the phase where every night, like, I I think every night there comes a point where I where I'm convinced that they are that they're never gonna go to sleep. Like, <laughs> it's, it's gonna <laughs> it's some sort of uh, you know some sort of some sort of time t- space time continuum thing is gonna happen, and they're. <laughs> They just are never gonna sleep. It's oh. never gonna happen. Yeah, man. It's oh. uh, being a parent, and and that's a whole nother 
that's a whole nother thing really you know it's like yeah. a whole nother job a whole nother skill set a whole nother task do you um do you find it challenging to have balance in your life or you seem to be pretty chill so do you find that there are moments that you struggle and you don't have to answer this stuff this, this is too personal no no i i you know i feel like it's pretty you know for the most part it's it's great i mean my i also my wife is amazing and she doesn't work and is basically you know, has been with the kids every day for the last six years, six and a half years or something. Um, my, my job is amazing and great and, you know, sort of affords me the, 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 the sort of time and, and sort of fulfillment that I need. Like, you know, for the, for, for the majority of the time I've been, I've had kids, I've felt pretty creatively satisfied. Um, I think the hard times come when, for one reason or another, you're frustrated with your work or your art and you're not satisfied and then everything seems sort of crummy. And, um, but, but for the most part, I think, you know, everything's been, everything, everything around, around me has, has been great and stable and that's sort of provided a, a great and stable, uh, sort of home life for the most part. That's awesome. I've heard yeah. good things about Bungie. Yeah. It's a big company, right? Yeah, it's amazing. It's definitely, you know, by 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 some ways, uh, you know, the, the the most sort of exciting place I've worked I've worked at. Um, not that I've worked at very many places, but especially the last few years, uh, for you know, when Destiny's been in production, it's been it's been an amazing time to be at Bungie. Um, your work is heavily based. Um, your work is heavily influencing that game. Or yeah. Yeah. So that probably the ownership's probably feels good, huh? Yeah, it feels responsibility great. Um, and stuff. Yeah, I came in as a, you know, as just basically based on this my my dead space environment concept artwork and um have sort of transitioned into a, a number of different roles with Destiny and with Bungie that that I've sort of manufactured to some extent I do a ton of the graphic design work for the game which has been awesome um, and super rewarding a lot of the you know any any sort of emblems or crests or uh, languages or symbols or typography all that stuff in the game wow um, that's a big that, task that's stuff that was sort of unanticipated you know I just I'm, I'm passionate about graphic design so um, and, and, and those tasks are typically, typically, or sort of historically not, uh, you know, necessarily desirable tasks for, for, for the average concept artist, you know? Um, yeah. and I just sort of took, took ownership of them and, and, and I was lucky enough that me and the art director, uh, were, you know, have a, have a very similar, very similar tastes and he responded really well to that stuff and it was just like a nice little, nice little match and everybody was sort of everybody's on board and um you know i still get to do uh, tons of other concept stuff too so it's really you know it's, it hasn't gotten old awesome. um which is cool that's just it right you just take ownership of what you're what you're doing and enjoy it and then then it kind of just comes out and then you just excel at it because the passion's there you know yeah 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 super rewarding that's awesome and but you're not doing it all in photoshop are you 
<laughs> just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am doing it all in Photoshop. What How are you dare you, sir? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to live trace the shit out of that stuff. Jeez. No, yeah, no, I, I've, they've, they actually have been giving me more and more of a hard time about. That's Because um, nice. I've been doing more and more stuff for, you know, for giving, working. I also do some stuff for, uh, with the UI team. And, Dang. Uh, they've been hassling me to deliver more vector assets <laughs> you all know guys i'm using photoshop yeah. it's the new cool that's right <laughs> get with it guys yeah. vector is so old well i'm looking at this thing now forgive me because i'm not a video game dude i focus on comics and games and movies and not games i mean but i focus on a lot of other stuff and i just haven't been able to manage time to, to do the video game thing as much as i'd like to um, mm-hmm. So what is this? What is this game, Destiny? Um, if you don't mind in telling me the goods. Yeah, it's you know it's Bungie's um, first project, first post Halo project. Um, I don't know if you know the sort of the history of Bungie, but you know I've Bungie... played Halo before. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. That that's like one of those really big pinnacle games, right? That was like an Xbox game, like a big yeah. I was like, okay, that was, um, people are buying Xboxes for Halo experience. Is that what it exactly. is? Exactly. Okay, it's cool. sort of a lot of, you know, a lot of people think that it, it, it really helped us, or it definitely helped establish the Xbox as a, as a, as a viable sort of competitor to PlayStation at the time. And Bungie spent a lot of, a lot, a long time on, on Halo and made, uh, five Halo games. Um, five of them? Wow. Yeah, Halo 1, 2, 3, Halo ODST, and Halo Reach. Wow. Um, Reach is the last one? Yeah. It has Master Chief. That's his name, right? That's right, yeah. Dude, I'm such a nerd. How do I know that? No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, I played it a couple of times. It's, it's very it's very fun. Yeah. Um, so Destiny was is there. You know, they, they actually split split off from, from Microsoft after... Um, after those five Halo games, because they wanted to basically, they were they wanted to sort of branch out and and sort of explore some explore new new IPs and new ideas, and um, so they split off from Microsoft. Microsoft formed a studio called Three Four Three, which is uh, sort of took on the took on the Halo franchise and are continuing to to make Halo. They've they've made Halo Four, um, and they're they're in the old Bungie building. So it was a sort of transition, and, and Bungie just broke off, left left Microsoft with the rights to Halo, and went off sort of on their own to create this new IP, Destiny, which they've been working on for they've been working on for maybe about two years before I started. I've been working; I worked on it for about three years. Oh, five years! Wow. Yeah, um, and uh, it just came out three days ago. <laughs> there you go. How do you feel? It's crazy. It's super surreal. Up. Um, I've never, I've never experienced anything like that. Like the only, I've, I only worked on two games before that: Dead Space Two and Dead Space Three. But um, I worked basically remotely, so I wasn't really part of the production pipeline or anything. Um, I sort of just got emails from the art director and would send in basically illustrations every week um, on sort of nine-month contracts. Wow, that's cool. Um, so every week you'd have a deliverable? And yeah, there are several deliverables. Um, just discuss it at the end of the week or, or just whenever and have a meetings and stuff? Yeah, it, not even meetings. I mean, you know, it was uh, I, the most I'd ever get was 
you know, uh, uh, an email back requesting some iterations or just an email back saying, looks sweet. Let's, let's keep going. That's cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Working remotely. Was that a challenge for you? It was not a, it was not a challenge. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, that's when your kids were really young though, right? No, I mean, I was just 32 or something. Okay. I I got a late start in, in the, in the industry for sure. Um, but I, I was living in Portland and 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 had a, an amazing little studio with a couple of friends and would sort of make my own hours and um, yeah it was great you know it felt it felt really good for, for um, but but the grass the grass got pretty green on the side of, of sort of the in house gig um, pretty quickly with a family and health insurance and all that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah um, so consistency uh, and stuff yeah yeah. Um, Bungie's so, a good yeah, company, I, I though, from to, what I've heard, though. Like, they really take care of their employees. From Yeah, it's from, amazing. It's fantastic. Like, it, I, you know. But they invest know, a lot of the money back into their infrastructure and the people, from what I've heard, which is awesome. Right. This is a smart company. Totally. Yeah. I can't, I mean, it's hard to imagine a better place. Um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe NASA or something. <laughs> um, is NASA even around? No, they, they, yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> Yeah, maybe NASA in the '60s. SpaceX, dude. Yeah, SpaceX. Um, so um, anyway, yeah, I I, uh, I did a few sort of free, free, freelance stuff gigs uh, in between Dead Space and and Destiny, um, but that was really it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been there for about three years. Destiny is a is a um, it's an interesting game. Um, it's it's. It's a first-person shooter um, with sort of uh, MMO-like aspects to it, sort of the social components. Um, and uh, what's that like? You, you can talk with other people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you you can join up with other people, and there there's these things called social events. So it's they call it they've called it sort of a shared world shooter. So um, it's always online, and there's uh, the world is constantly populated. So you can be sort of going through your first-person uh, story mode and run into other people in the world who are also playing the game, hmm. um, and uh, sort of you can join up with them. You can you you sort of engage uh, in in sort of battles with them, and then there's sort of the competitive multiplayer component. Um, you know, it's sort of a, basically a, a combination of of you know three or four different genres um of of gaming and 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 sort of done in a way that is unique um and and you know visually really exciting you know i have nothing i have no input on the design of of the game the game design or the architecture or the story or anything like that just purely visual purely on the visual side um but it's been amazing it's this cool sort of thing where it's it's you know it's hundreds of years in the future but there's there's been this sort of collapse, so we've got this sort of opportunity to, to do this f- sort of futuristic, uh, sort of fundamentally futuristic, but with this sort of uh, uh, sort of dilapidated sort of re- retro um, uh, polish, uh, if I guess if you will. Um, and then there's the the sort of uh, the idea, the main sort of fictional idea is that. that, that this thing called the traveler sort of advanced the human, the, the, the human race and sort of like the, um, the obelisk in 2001, 
Mm. It sort of uh, ushered in a new phase of evolution and gave us all these crazy powers. And it's just basically visually a blank check to do whatever you want. Um, there's there's really sort of no uh, aesthetic restrictions, and and it's uh, sci-fi and fantasy. So it's you know sort of knights wearing armor using you know laser sniper rifles um um and it's just that's that's part of why it stays so sort of fresh for 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 me anyway um because you never feel you know sort of bogged down in a genre which i think can be a problem if you're working on a project for a number of years you know at least theoretically yeah you can really kind of drown in it Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Yeah, it can be really, um, yeah, drowning is, I think, the only good word. Have you worked on something that was a long time that was more based in one kind of theme? Um, Not really. I mean, Dead Space, arguably, although Dead Space 2 had a big, you know, I was sort of brought on to, to, to bring sort of a variety of visuals. But Dead Space 1 was the classic sort of alien, rusted hallway pipes and dripping water and stuff and um like sci-fi horror stuff yeah sci-fi horror um so um i guess fortunately i've never really i haven't been in that position really yet um and you know even being in that position it's hard to it'd be hard to sort of complain um and and i you know i always like the idea of the sort of freedom and limitation too so sometimes sometimes that sort of thing can be a positive i think um if you if your sort of hand is forced and you sort of have to you have to sort of make things interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it's just necessity and when how you perceive it and your perception and how far you want to go into it. Mm-hmm. My friend uh, Neil Huxley did like I think it was like the trailer launch trailer for Dead Space Three. Oh yeah, he directed that the guy in the snow and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. That was cool. I remember him going through that and the whole process of making that and stuff. So he does a lot of video game things. We've had him on the podcast, actually. He's a really nice guy. Oh, nice. Um, but I worked with him on a couple, couple of things. But that's how I really am familiar with that property because of that. I try, I try to pay attention to games, but I I know that um, they're important, obviously. But I, I don't know what the deal is. I'm just Maybe I'm afraid of getting sucked into something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I already feel like I have so much going on, so... But there, the Alien Isolation is that's the next game that I I think I'm gonna have to buy whatever I have to buy to get to play that. Yeah, wanna, that looks amazing. Yeah, looks really awesome because I'm a huge Alien yeah. fan and it looks like they're doing it right. So totally. Yeah, I'm excited about that. But this it's cool and congratulations on the Destiny thing because yeah, I didn't realize it just dropped. I think Andrew, uh, the producer of the podcast, was telling me about it and and so I was like and then also. Um, it turns out, I guess you know Ilya as well. From, yeah, yeah. From Prologue. Yeah, so that's cool. He was telling me today because I guess he saw that we're going to have you on the podcast. So he's like, oh, I know him. He's my friend. So I was like, oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, prologue did the prologue for Destiny. There you go. Ironic, yeah. huh? <laughs> I think he posted it up on his site or I'm not sure if that was it. I can't remember if I, that's what he had up there. But yeah, that's cool. I know it looked, yeah. like, it looked like a lot of work. It looked like a lot of... A lot of 3D work. Yeah, it was, and and I think that it's sort of the first that's first type of uh, full fully 3D sort of motion capture stuff that they've that they've done. I think, or it's a little bit out of sort of their 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 wheelhouse, but it turned out amazing. And uh, 
I'm so glad that I fought for that. You know, that was I, I was a big champion of Prologue. There, there, those are that's a studio I've always. They've always been sort of a, up there for me with the you know with with Pixar and Valve and and places that I just totally geek out over. Um, and uh, I showed uh, I showed the art director Ilya's um, off title sequence. Yeah. Um, and that was what to me that that should be that to you know just my personal opinion that that's what I wanted Destiny's marketing campaign to be to be um, yeah like or to feel like anyway and 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 my the art director loved it and we that's what ended up sort of uh, get you know just creating that initial contact with Prologue and and that's that's where I met Ilya that you know they came up several times and I you know I was in the meetings and helped out uh, with some concepts and, and stuff like that occasionally. And we just developed a relationship and he's so great. He's, an, he's a, he's a genius. He is. He's a creative genius. I bring him up quite a bit on the podcast. I got a chance to work with him for a year and it was a lot of fun when I was at prologue and, uh, he's, I just learned so much from him and so many people, little bit of people know about who he is and stuff. And he's just, uh, it's like a little gem. He's like, awesome yeah. dude. And he's, he's incredibly he's humble good. and like, totally. Yeah. It's cool that you worked with him though, because yeah, he's a, it's, it's, he, he's, a, he, if you like the off thing, then it's definitely, you know, that's, that's his energy, you know, like you could feel it in, in the work and stuff. So yeah, you get to work with Simon as well. I did. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, you know, great. only, you know, I sort of spoke with, you know, I, we haven't really spoken since, um, the, you know, last meeting, but we, we've, you know, we went out to dinner a couple of times and stuff like that. That's awesome. It's got, it's got to be a really cool experience, right? To be a fan of a studio and then be able to work with like the direct talents and stuff on something and bring them in Absolutely. on your, your, that's probably like one of those big beneficial things that you didn't realize would possibly happen in your career, but then they just come about and you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You can't, it's, it's, it's hard to believe you're, you're relating to these people as, you know, sort of as peers or as contemporaries all of a sudden. It's super exciting. Yeah, utilizing that. It's cool that you mentioned Ilya's work because I can feel the influence. I can see the connection between the two of you guys, mm. which is great. You know, like I think you guys both have similar graphic style and imagination and stuff, which is great. Like when I look at your forms and stuff, mm -hmm. they 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 have not. I mean, it's not, you guys are obviously totally different, but there's that really great fun feel. You know, that form and the form language and the style and stuff i think it's really great it's yeah that's awesome i i hope that that's part of why you want you know we're we are continuing our sort of communication yeah uh, i always love to collaborate with him on something or something yeah yeah he's um, he's wicked i actually have a funny story about that uh prologue from like right after my first video game job i applied to prologue there, there was a this was like I don't know six or seven years ago or something, and I just I I had watched their latest reel and just been blown away and and watched you know all of the, you know seven and 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 Dawn of the Dead tile sequence and all that stuff and yeah Kyle's awesome stuff yeah, dude, yeah. I applied for a, an open position I think it was an illustrator or production artist or something like that and I I sent my my like my very first work from from Dead Space and. Uh, Kyle Cooper emailed me back like <laughs> instantaneously. Yeah, 
Um, and, <laughs> and, and it was like 2 a.m. or 2 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we just, it, like me and Kyle exchanged like 45 emails, like, like back to back to back. And he was like, I got a spot. This work is great. Call, you know, let's talk tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> I, at the time, I didn't even have an appreciation for who he was. I, I mean, I knew I appreciated Prologue, but I didn't necessarily associate sort of the singular genius of, of <laughs> him, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's him, yeah, yeah. And and I totally ended up blowing it. I, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I, sh- I, you know, I thought, I don't know, I don't know how old it was, it was my... I mean, it was like my late, I guess it was like my early 30s or something, so I wasn't too young, but still relatively naive to sort of the industry and, and sort of, um, I, you know, I sort of thought that the thing to do would be to sort of really be confident and sort of go over the top with my sort of demands of, for my, my sort of <laughs> position and my, <laughs> and my salary. Oh, God. So, you know, I wanted them. That's good, though. That's good to be like that. In I, I mean I know it has definitely has its place, but in hindsight, the thing to have done would have been to just say, "Hey, here's a reasonable day rate. I'd love to work with you." Yeah. Um, but I like told him, you know, I sort of asked for like a, you know, six figure salary, and and uh, you know I wanted them to, to you know help with relocating to L.A. and stuff like that. Like it was in you know it was sort of moronic, but. I don't know, though. You think so? You, uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I, to, to me now, yeah, I certainly should have just, I should have just given them a reasonable day rate and let the let it sort of go from there as opposed to sort of putting all those cards on the table and saying, hey, commit to me. Yeah. Commit to me full time immediately. Um, it's a big risk for a, for an employer to. Totally. And, yeah. and, but in hindsight, it's also probably for the better because I, I you know, I, I, I probably wouldn't have, I probably would have blown it somehow. Um, you know, I can, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just insecurity, but I would imagine, you know, the work I would have done, I would do now for them versus the work I do six or eight years ago or something, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Scary to think about. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's, that's funny to hear this story too, because it's very similar to mine too. I remember emailing Kyle like directly at like two o'clock in the morning. This is pretty much spot on the same thing. He's a very hard worker. He's very intense. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah. And then, but you know, I think at the same time, there's, there's, I guess that brings up a good conversation too, because it's important for us to value ourselves. Right. But you're bringing up a funny point is don't overvalue yourself or push or push so hard that it, it allows you to lose the project or the job or the opportunity, you know? So, Yeah. It's it's such a fine it's such a fine line. Like uh, I have my friend, my I have a, a good friend of mine is a is a is this guy Rick Remender who's a, a comic book writer. He actually got me my first job on Dead Space, um, and he is sort of the we're we're sort of at opposite ends. He's very aggressive, and um, you know he has agents and lawyers and thinks you know is 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 um, you know always encouraging me has always encouraged me to be not to sell myself short and to be to be very aggressive and demand more you know more money than you think you should get and 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 all this stuff and um i i end up sort of somewhere in between i think um but uh, there definitely have been times where it's sort of bit me in the ass um probably like that time um 
Yeah. Also, I also at one point had a phone interview with Valve, um, uh, which which didn't go any further. <laughs> I don't. It, it, that was another strange experience where I wasn't. You know, it's just it's 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 you know it's sort of a sort of political game where uh, you're not sure how to what sort of exactly how to play your cards. Um, and uh, that was an interesting interesting experience where they sort of approached me for, for my work and you know liked my work enough to give me a phone interview um but the phone in, but didn't go anywhere after that and i never really found out why um uh you know i thought i thought i thought i sort of played it pretty neutral um but you know it's another one of those things no regrets i guess yeah, you kind of just have to go and keep flowing, right? You know, yeah. just keep going with it, and everything else will sort itself out as you go. It's just a matter of, yeah, just keep trucking along, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's it's really, it's an interesting uh, world to be a professional artist, too, and support a family off of it. And If you really think about it, it's a pretty unique little position that we have, you know? It is. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, I was talking... Uh, some friends about it and I was saying, you know, there's like we're like point zero 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 one percent of the population, of the workforce population does what mm-hmm. we do, you know? And it, it and even at the level, you know, that we're doing it at too, which is really interesting, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's a crazy career and balancing those things and juggling these things. It's funny to hear these stories because yeah, I've heard I've heard both sides of that spectrum, you know, all the way from yeah. people like selling themselves incredibly sh- like cheap, you know. Yeah. Which it, which which then it just kind of drives everybody else down. Um, at the same time, you know, it's like there's arguments against that, and there's some with it. I don't know. Like, what's your whole stand yeah. on that stuff? Like with day rates and stuff, and how to manage your your self worth and stuff. I, I mean, I still, you know, the thing for me is I still feel like up until recently, you know, I I would do I would do this for free. Like that's what I have to fight against. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I, it is amazing. They're listening. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I, I think that's part of part of having started, you know, relatively late. I think, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I still, I, I definitely don't take this for granted, and and don't take any of these opportunities for granted, and and um, and I honestly feel like, you know, like working on on destiny for the last three years, I've, I've sort of put myself in a headspace of feeling like, Hey, I'm, I'm for all I know, this is, this, this is 1976 and I'm working on pre-production for star Wars. And if, you know, if you, if you were aware of, of being in that position at the time, you absolutely would do it for free and you would kill yourself because it's amazing, you know, cause you're making history and that's how, you know, that's sort of how I, was able to treat it or have been able to treat it. Uh, mm, and hopefully cool. I can still. Um, yeah. You got to keep that going. Right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like what the, I was wondering like the ghost in the shell project you did, that was self self motivated, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. What is that? Like I, I, what is, what was that project? Do you like, what was it for us or what was it? Yeah. Details I mean, of financing. What was, what do you mean? I guess I just mean like what, is it just a, a a a passion, just out of out of passion and out of just sort of a, appreciation for for Ghost in the Shell, and and you guys sort of just volunteered your time and 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 made it? Yeah, pretty much. You know, like um, just I I originally just wanted to do something fun with my friend Philippe, 
mm-hmm. um, and we both are big fans of Ghost in the Shell, so we're like, let's do Ghost in the Shell because we're stupid and we thought we could do it. And then, then I was like, oh crap, we need a lot more assets than I thought. And then um, I'm friends with a really talented photographer down here in San Diego, Tim Tatter. I had him on the podcast too. He's a great guy. I just had lunch with him today too. He's a he's a collaborator of mine. And, uh, and I said, hey Tim, uh, I know we want to do something cool together. Uh, have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen this film? I don't think he's ever seen it. He 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 watched it. He loved it. And I said, how about we do a photo shoot and we get a naked woman in a in a pool? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> okay, let's try it. And then it took us three months to find our uh, our talent. She was awesome and. Uh, we found it was really ch- difficult to find like an indoor pool. And so we got an indoor mm-hmm. pool and that allowed nudity and it would be able to let us use it all day. And st- so it was really challenging. That wouldn't cost like $10,000, you know? So, right. so, um, and then once we took the photos, I got the photos back because Tim's like a world renowned photographer. He's just one of, he's one of the best at what he does. So when I got the photos back, I'm like, fuck dude, these photos are so amazing. So now I know that we have a ton of work to do because we have to make the backgrounds and all the other environments and everything mm-hmm. as at that level. So the after the fo- after the photo shoot, it was like nine months of just tons of content creation. You know, like yeah. Furio and all those guys did just crush it away and just you know put all the the extra time that they could into the assets and put it all together. And it was just you know a ton of work. It was a lot, a lot of work. It was a lot of emails and getting on people and communicating mm-hmm. and stuff so but um honestly it was just originally it started as a homage and then it kept that way and when i released it on the whole thing when i released the whole project everybody was asking like where's the film where's this where's that and i feel bad because there was a lot of confusion i didn't realize that's the biggest complaint is people wanted more which is a great complaint to have mm-hmm. but i wish we could have made more it's just like Dude, it's it's crazy expensive if we were to make yeah. that. <laughs> like if 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 I could make um the the intro the if I could redo the title sequence to Ghost in a Shell on like minimal no budget, mm-hmm. um then Hollywood's fucked. You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no point for Hollywood. You know. There's no point for that's a very scary place to be. There's no point for all these 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 huge motion houses, these huge 3D houses. So. Um, yeah. um So no, it was it was just it was mostly just to pay homage and apparently uh, um. They had seen it. Uh, Shiro had seen it. I, I, I'm not sure about, you know, obviously the original manga artist, but he had seen it and he really liked it. He was just really curious why we did it as well, you know. Yeah. So I just think people don't realize how much we. Uh, I mean, at least me personally, uh, I was directing the project. I love that film. It it changed my life growing it up. It made me realize that this is what I want to do for a living. So yeah, yeah, it was just like a crazy passion project, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, and I, I love that. I also was not, you know, sort of not exactly clear on what, like, is what if it was a film or it was motion or what. But what the, I just loved all the print that came out of it. I mean, I love that idea. I mean, that's one of the most exciting things about, about even working on on Destiny and 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 you know, is the the sort of still images that come out of a production like that. And I loved yeah. all of those posters you made. Holy shit. Thanks. That's uh, yeah. a that was a good collaboration. Whoever made the assets, so if one of the three D dudes would create the assets, and, um, we would take those assets. And mostly, most of it was uh, from Furio because he made the head, and so we'd take those and um, I'd try to do like a quick render in Cinema 4D or whatever, um, or to have like my friend Anthony do a render, 
and uh it's like everybody i was just like throwing uh requests at everybody all my friends like hey can you do this can you do that uh you know like check this out can you try that and but anyways uh i i collaborated um the design a lot of those things were created with my friends sam and dustin coop uh over at wedge and lever because they're really amazing designers and they were just starting out their business and i was like dude i think that i have a project that could go viral um I want you guys to get on this energy so you can get some promotion, you know, like I want to get, I want people to see like your guys' abilities and stuff. And, um, I don't even think they put that shit on their site yet. Those lazy fucks. Mm. <laughs> but uh, so a lot of it was made, um, I had a big conversation with them and I was like, let's break this down to the simplest, simplest, you know, to not like just to break it down to the core of what it means to us. And so we started using the Fibonacci spiral and, creating a grid off of that and all that stuff and i think we did overall overall i think we did 250 posters that's awesome it was a lot of fun you know it was like and 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 a lot of those were just like random ones that i would take things that they had created and then and i'd just play play with them and i think half the posters i that i ended up putting up there i had generated probably just messing around over a couple days that i had from some free time yeah, it's, it's just fun. As you know, how, you know how it is. You just start going, and everything starts yeah. to click, and it just flows. And you have all these toys, and it's just a matter of like, oh, this toy I can play with that one. You can, can you can connect them all and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry for the confusion and everybody else too. I think a lot of people are like disappointed or upset or yeah. confused. But and, you know, like when I think about it, and when people really get a grasp on it, um, you know, it's it's. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gregory Crudson. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. He's a really fantastic photographer. I, um, he's, I, I know it's, I, I can tell you're into photography. You should check his work out. He's really phenomenal, phenomenal photographer. And uh, he did this whole, his whole thing is he takes these one big, huge images, like huge photographs. And uh, they're these amazing little moments. They're really beautiful moments. Um, but he does produ- like movie production level just for one mm-hmm. photo. Mm-hmm. Like he'll, he'll like shut off a whole city, like street center and hmm. there's a film on how he does it. it's called the gregory crudson film i think or something like that as a documentary on his process this is fucking awesome but that that whole his whole mantra and his whole style about like all this work just for one still image that was what i was all about i was like i don't care if it's not that's motion. Awesome. yeah like I mean, yeah you know that's what i that's what i sort of hope hoped it was um that's what it was i wasn't sure if it was you know the the print stuff was just sort of a side effect or if that you know that oh, the, sort of the, yeah yeah well, the, the, there, there was iconic moments that we wanted to capture. So there yeah. was like uh, literal translations of the anime into that. So like, I would take, I would, I brought a bunch of the the iconic stills of the anime anime with me and to the shoot. And I said, okay, this is a pose, and you know, like trying to adjust everything up and showing Tom, t- uh, Tim so he had it right. And then those are the the still images of the translation. So if say I had a budget and I had the ability to make it, that's what it would probably look like with a little bit of more color and shit, obviously not so muted. Um, but the posters, those were, yeah, those were just this completely separate fun thing that I wanted to do just because I love posters and yeah, yeah, that's like, that's my shit too. I love that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That's my shit. That's my shit. But yeah, sorry. I can ramble on about that stuff for a while because I just really, it was a it was a crazy it was a whole year basically of just yeah. like killing myself because yeah there's like forty people that. involved I mean, and it's like no I didn't even know half the people personally and everybody was on in other countries and shit on different time zones it's like the project never slept it was like always something was going on every day yeah. so it's like oh 
yeah, there's so many. There's immediately can't help but think of other IPs that I'd love to see that treatment for. You yeah. know, like what? Oh man, um, I don't know. Like, uh, well, Akira, Akira would be they're, amazing. They're already um, doing it right now. I think they're doing. I think Hollywood's taking another stab at it again. But I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it translates to film. I don't. I think. I always say, even with Ghost in the Shell, uh, you're always living in the shadow of the master. It's like you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like even for me, and like my in the project that we did, it's like you're living under the shadow, no matter what. Mm -hmm. The the anime is a hundred times better, always. You know. Like yeah. It's just, it's, that's just the fact. You know. Yeah, I, I'm super, I'm skeptical of that. Akira would be a lot of fun. I'd love to direct a, a Punisher. I'm, I, gotta, I gotta talk to whoever owns the rights to that. I want to write a really crazy Punisher because I don't think he's. Uh, been, yeah. I don't think he's been d done right either. But in right. Ex do you have any other obscure kind of titles? I have a couple in mind that I would like to see translated. Um, there's a this pretty obscure one um, that's sort of my obsession recently is that um, Taiyo Matsumoto. You know Taiyo Matsumoto. Um, Perhaps what did he make? He did. Um, Black and white, tech on concrete. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm we're trying to get the director of that on the podcast soon. I think. Oh yeah, dude. I yeah. I, I I met him, Michael Arias. Yeah, Michael's a fucking rad dude. Yeah, dude. They they premiered tech on concrete in Portland when I was there, and somehow I wound up like uh, being part of the sort of uh, dinner with those like the Japanese consulate, and Michael Michael Arias was there. And, <laughs> Epic. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It was amazing. That movie is amazing. Um, it's awesome. The, the the artist did a, has another story called Number Five, um, which is the coolest thing in the world to me. And one of these things that's just going to toil away. Um, it's about it, and it, there's only two two uh, graphic novels translated, and then and then a, a, a you know. Maybe three or four that never that never made it across. There's just in Japanese, but it's like this sort of you know he's very influenced by Mobius, and it's this sort of weird esoteric uh, team of of super super soldiers, and they're all like amazing badass snipers. And one of them, there's numbers one, two, three, four, five, and they're all different, and they're all crazily different. And and number five goes rogue, and the story is about. The, the first four tracking down number five and it's just it's 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 hard to explain but it's just gorgeous and it just like hits my sweet spot for sure yeah that um, looks cool i'm looking at it right now oh yeah, yeah this is cool i can see oh God, like how yeah. much that you i can tell that you would like it as well yeah so it speaks to me as well it's really cool yeah i love that and also I, why don't you I, adapt I, it why don't you do it dude oh my god i would love to why not um, what's holding you back Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You're all, don't open that. Don't open that can of yeah. worms. No. <laughs> um, I have a family. <laughs> holy moly. Yeah. Um, and then it's also crazy. I read an interview with you, I think, and you mentioned um, Domu. Ah, uh, um, so good. Dude. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, I've talked about that for years with a good friend of mine about how that's just perfect for adaptation. Like, Oh, it's a film. It's 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 like it's like Jinro. Have you seen Jinro the manga? The, I've seen the anime and and the manga. You mean, I mean sorry, the, 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 the anime? 
yeah, the anime. Sorry, I'm looking at a manga and I'm saying the wrong words. Oh, okay. Yeah, have you seen that? Because that that's like a film. Like they animated it perfectly, like a film. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. it's like when I watched it, I'm like, why didn't they just make a film of this? You know. But that yeah. was, I think, uh, I think Oshi. Uh, it was his whole thing, and he wanted to make. I think he already made one called like the Red Eyes or something like that. There was like a film adaptation of it as well. But Domu, yeah, to, I. Yeah, I've been trying to talk to s- s- people that own the rights to that for a while, and I'm like, dude, can I can I direct this, please? Like, yeah, I would do I would do the I'd kill myself for that because it, it is uh, if you're listening to this podcast and if you're at all a fan of books or graphic novels or stories or visuals, um, it's it's Otomo's uh, first manga that was a big one, and uh, it's called Domu, a child's dream. It's a masterpiece. It's amazing. It's got a lot of the flavor and bits from parts of Akira. It's not that nearly as massive and and crazy, but it's just so special. I love it. I've read it maybe like six times. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I found it. I think I was like one of those Amazon like gems that I bought one thing and they're like, hey, check this out. I'm like, okay. And I was like, holy shit. I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I didn't go to sleep. It was awesome. It was so totally worth the loss of sleep. And to think that, I think he was so young when he created that, and it's so mature. Such yeah. A, such a mature story, and the pacing, and... Yeah, yeah he has he, he apparently has had no learning curve. He was just <laughs> he was just right out of the box. What the shit, man. Yeah. Some guys are like that, you know? I don't yeah. know what the deal is. I, I don't know, it's weird. Like, yeah, damn him. I, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid to, like, study his, his dates, because that's one thing I bet I gotta be... F- cautious of is finding out when these guys are born when mm-hmm. their work was released so i can find out like how much time it was to make those things yeah but even so like i think he worked on akira for like a decade um which makes sense but yeah even so it's just i feel like a lousy shit <laughs> i hate it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah domo would be amazing i think um yeah i would love to do that that would be I'm going to have to figure out who owns the rights to that. And if, if I can't get it, then I'm just going to write my own Domu then. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to meet Otomo, man. You ever get a chance to meet him? No, never. Here he's really quiet and shy. Yeah. Never. I can't. I mean, Tarada is the closest. I've met a, I met Tarada. Have you met him? Yeah. Yeah, in Portland. Did he do like a sketch drawing thing? He was, yeah, yeah. He had a show at this gallery called Compound Gallery, and he would just—he's friends with the owner, and he just showed up. He's rad. He's so yeah, nice. He's just constantly sketching, like he's, he's just—he's <laughs> never—he's never not—he's never without his sketchbook. Yeah, well, he's got like um, Tatsuya Tirada, is who we're talking about. He's got that. I got a lot of his sketchbooks. Um, he's really inspired me to draw a lot. He—he he actually inspired my Lost Boy project quite a bit because I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that he just draws, you know, and 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 he it feels like he's just carefree and he just draws like whatever fucking is in his in his mind. Mm-hmm. But his like thousand page sketchbook or whatever the yeah. um, Rakuga Rakuga King, like the sketching king. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. I love that book. Yeah, yeah, I got that shit. I'll have to send you some pictures of my ske- of my. I have you see your your. Uh, you guys are listening. You can't see what I'm seeing, but I'm looking at his his office. And I, yeah, I got like a bookshelf like that. I got one of those IKEA ones. They're like five by five squares. I got that filled, and then I got like a two by four one that's filled as well. And then yeah. there's all books on top too. I'm running out of space, so dude, I have problem. Yeah. I have a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. 
That's cool oh, another, that you're familiar another, with. Another it. thing, another gem I'd love to to adapt is that. Uh, did you ever read Ashen Victor? No. It's the. Uh, it's from a, a spinoff of Battle Angel. Um, Alita. Ashen Victor. It's about. It's sort of like a rollerball sport. Um, I don't know if did you ever read the Battle Angel manga. No, I'm, I started reading it, actually, because somebody was saying to read it because they thought that my art looked like that guy's thing, kind of, like all the weird arms oh, and yeah. shit. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I never even checked this out. And it's crazy. I'm starting to get into the story. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's crazy. It is amazing. Yeah, I, I think it's a masterpiece. That The, the, the anime is amazing also. Um, that and, and Venus Wars were two. Oh, Venus huge. Wars. I have that, yeah. Yeah. Venus Wars is cool. Venus War is awesome. So that's what's that one about? Ashen Victor. It's about a guy who is a sort of a there's this sport, sort of this rollerball type sport, um, like sort of like motorcycle racing. Um, and it's about a guy who gets traumatized. He's like a contender. He's like going to be the champ. He's like uh, he's a you know, he's an up and up and coming racer. Um, but uh, he gets traumatized by a crazy fan who runs on the track during one of the races and he to to kill himself like the guy wants to commit suicide so he's basically it'd be the equivalent of like a fan jumping on the track of a formula 1 race sure um and this guy the main character kills the guy he he can't help him he's going like you know 250 miles an hour and just runs straight into the guy and um the guy disintegrates. <laughs> of course, <laughs> um, totally disgusting. Um, and and it's about him just sort of trying to recover from the psychological trauma of of that moment and get back get back in the race. Um, and they call the guy who killed himself the Marathon Man because when he jumped on the track, he was wearing like a, a runner's outfit. Um, anyway, it's just this weird. <laughs> uh, this weird, amazing little story, um, and I'm also a huge fan of racing, like Formula One and MotoGP and all that stuff. So okay, that's cool. It strikes a chord for me, I think. Have you seen the animation uh, Running Man from uh, Neo Tokyo? Oh yeah, yeah. Holy it's one of my shit. favorites. It's yeah, uh, Kawajiri's. Yeah, it's that it's, was a tr- yeah, dude. It's such a gem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like another. I don't know how I I stumbled upon it later in life. I didn't even know about it. I think I watched it for the first time like maybe two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the fuck? How did I never see this?" It was just yeah. the pacing and the mood. Um, for those that are listening that might not have seen that or heard about it, it's called uh, Running Man. Uh, it's off of uh, a disc called Neo Tokyo or a collection of animation. There's three animations. Go buy it, check it out. Also, it's on YouTube. I think I watch it quite a bit. Like I watch it once a month or so. It's only like um like ten minutes or so, but it's it's so yeah. filled. Otomo has a short uh, film in that as well. Yeah, the cancellation order. Yes, cancellation order, which is so much fun. Oh it's, my god, it's amazing. It is. It's so crazy. Yeah. The, the things that these guys were doing back then it was just so uh, so impressive. You know, like. I, I know art and stuff and, and, and the creation of art and what we are now is it's really amazing. We're in a really great stage, but I, I really love that era. Um, it's probably because it's nostalgic and where I come from, but like the heavy metal era and yeah, I just watched like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle documentary. Oh yeah, I saw you posted that. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Like 
I mean, I w- I'm 31, so when, when Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles came out, like, I was pretty small. Yeah. I think I was, I, I, it, it, it basically was, like, my catnip. Like, mm-hmm. I went, I went ape shit for it. Like, I had yeah. to have, like, the freaking, the toys. So, it was crazy watching these guys who had created this out of just kind of, like, a, like a passion thing. Yeah. And then seeing it, like, kind of, like, they just hit the lottery, but they worked hard for it. But they kind of, it was weird to see how it all unfolded in it. It was just kind of weird because it, it was such a big part of my life, my childhood. But watching these guys, it was just like for me, I'm trying to create something special as well. And just seeing that, and it gave me like perspective to think like maybe there's possible. Not Ninja Turtles, obviously, it's a whole different level. It's like one of the weird anomalies of you know, it's this weird thing. Um, but I just get inspired by the fact of you know just following your heart and really sticking mm-hmm. to what you want to do. You're and, talking about with Lost Boy. Sure, of course, you know, like I would love for something like that, obviously, but, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's it's just really cool, you know, there's moments where you're creating and you're wondering, is this any good, you know, mm-hmm. at least not all the time for me, I just don't give a shit, because I'm like, yeah, this is fun, this is like what yeah. I want to draw right now, because I have other things to do, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, it was really cool, I, I highly recommend it, or were you a Ninja Turtles fan, by chance? Oh, yeah, yeah, Eastman and Laird, um that original the original turtles i was i was right there that shit was the hotcakes dude yeah when they all <laughs> had this when they all had the the they all had the red headbands yeah that was when they weren't identified as being something different right right and then there yeah. when they realized they needed to start marketing it they had to yep. like switch it up and but they had the inst- they had the different uh like instruments right they had like yeah they still had the Donna and stuff all that stuff right nunchucks and stuff yeah, and I think it was before the pizza too. Oh damn! Yeah, the 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 writer. The, I think you're gonna get a, a really good kick out of it. Anybody from our era, or even past our era, because they're making another insurgence of it with the Michael Bay crap. What yeah. do you think? Of, what do you think of that? Um, I didn't see. I didn't see it, but I, I'm typically a Michael Bay skeptic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How come? Um, I I mean I loved Bad Boys and I loved The Rock and. Uh, I just watched uh, one of those YouTube videos where they cut together every single time a Transformers transforms uh, <laughs> from the new movies. Oh, and that's impressive, I gotta say. But but you know, um, there's also I'll, that one edit of the guy. Um, what's his name? The actor guy. In the first couple, he's saying no. He's like no 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 no. It's like it's like four minutes of him just going no 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 no. Like it's all these different scenes of him saying no multiple times. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm 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 Michael Bay skeptic. I guess I'm glad he's. You know, I guess I'd rather him be there than not be there maybe you know um, sure you know that you, you can't have everybody making the stuff you want you know right so, and yeah. uh yeah you know if, if ninja turtles look like shrek you know what are you gonna do you know at least at, le- at least we have the old plastic you know animatronic yeah, jim henson stuff you know that's yeah you know at least we have that from our era and and i always remind myself that kids nowadays they that's their shit you know so. yeah and and we want eastman and laird to profit right we want the, they probably they got a pretty pretty penny from that i assume i think they sold the rights in like 2009 so oh, shit yeah i don't know i don't think so dude <laughs> yeah i think once you do that you're done for so. yeah i remember reading that about peter chung who did aeon flex you know and he did he sell the rights to that he sold the rights yeah for the movie and and like he can't he can't make another 
you know, and flex even if he wanted to. You know, how how sad is that? Um, yeah, I don't think he wanted to, too. I watched an interview with him that I thought was really funny. He was saying he doesn't like art, like animation in a way. It was kind of funny. He was at like this animation festival or something, and mm. he was... He was saying it wasn't necessarily like the art of it. It was more or less like getting to the destination of the story, the intention. Mm. That was mm. he's a very smart guy. He can really tell it in his he's very intellectual. Like the shit he did for the Matrix, the Animatrix. Mm-hmm. Like holy shit, dude. It's like so yeah. uh so unique and special. Um but his whole concept on that was pretty interesting. But Yeah, uh, those, those first Aeon Flex shorts, um where they were just snippets like you, they, they there was no context they sort of just dropped you in, in the middle of a story and it was so five great. minutes and, and she died at the end and you never knew why or <laughs> i love those man those had such those had a profound impact on me for sure yeah dude um, I, I can tell that too we have a lot of similarities you know yeah like yeah that's awesome because these are all things that that was like when mtv was actually good you know yeah, liquid television. Liquid television. Yeah, that was. I remember being just so young and and you know barely being able to stay awake and mm-hmm. watching some of this stuff and just being like, oh man, this is so unique. It like opens up my brain. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and I still get that way with his work too. Uh, that stuff is so good. Anaflux yeah. is so much fun. It's so do crazy. You, did you do you remember a thing called Res Fest? No, I don't remember that. No. Res, R-E-S? R-E-S, yeah, Res Fest. It was a digital film festival that thrived for maybe like six or eight years. That was another with a sort of landmark moments for me, I think, as an artist. was It was basically a digital film festival that would, would show digital short films and electronic music videos that you would never see. Uh, in the United States around that same time. It was probably like late 90s, early 2000s. And oh, before like YouTube and Vimeo and stuff? Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was like the only place you could see, you know, it's the first time I saw the Chris Cunningham, Bjork video, oh, so Apex cool. Twin. Uh, oh, you lost your shit. Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> it was revelatory. Um, yeah, wow. You couldn't, you couldn't, that, 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 all is full of love video still i my brain can't conceive of how amazing that is still like it's so cool to see the ghost in the shell influence on him you know oh yeah why he takes it you know and then using like the amazing bjork you know like using her Mm -hmm. voice and and then all his 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 mechanical understanding of working on props and stuff you know yeah and then his cinematic editing style too it's just like you should a, get him on the on the podcast shit i'd love to i've been tr- i don't know i have to try i'm i'm kind of nervous with those guys really you know i don't know i don't yeah. want to bug them so <laughs> i heard the last i heard he was working heavily on neuromancer and then i think it drove him crazy so he stopped working on it because oh yeah just couldn't figure out how to make a good movie out of it i guess he re- he did it all like are we directed it and, and filmed half of it or something and, and then edited it down and distilled it and he only got 17 minutes out so wow. <laughs> or something like that i can't remember if i read that or if i heard that from somebody so i don't know if that's factual but I'll yeah. take it. Well, I'll take 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, pretty... Uh, yeah, he's got a really exceptional, unique style and such a so much energy. I can't imagine being at that festival. Yeah, oh my God, it was, it was amazing. And then it just shut down, just lost funding. Uh, 
It's a bummer. But, and there's nothing, nothing has really replaced it, um, which I think is a shame. Often it's like that, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, I feel like we're on the verge of something else, so coming up, don't you? With all this Kickstarter shit and all this, like, you know, reinsurgence of, like, really deep talent. I feel like a lot of it got kind of swooped up and people are commercializing it, but I feel like mm-hmm. it, the power is coming back to the person again a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Should, it would be, the, the trick is to figure out a way to sort of so, socialize it, or you know, I, I mean, like the the the, the off film festival does yeah. that to some extent. Yeah, the off thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was crazy being there. That was nuts. That was weird. Was that your first time ever? Yeah. Yeah. That was, was crazy. It was a really weird experience, but it was good being there. It was. Uh, yeah, so much talent there. I was too stressed out to see anybody. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I'll, hopefully I'll go back some other day and I won't be, I won't have such a weird experience. But yeah, yeah, off off has really been an interesting ex- thing too. Like seeing its development and where it's gone and where it's become and where it's possibly going. But I'm even thinking of like Kickstarter and um, the. I, I bring up the Gumroad thing quite a bit on the podcast too. Like discussing. Um, what that does for people and you know it's really been interesting it's been an interesting topic you know have you considered doing one like what a, tutor- a tutorial have you heard about i guess this? i don't even know what that is oh really wow damn okay well i thought it was like a big deal it's it's um do you know who like anthony jones is the artist anthony jones he's a I guess robot pencil oh yeah yeah um he he uh, I think well there's it's been around for a while but I think he was one of the first that I know of one of my friends that found like this way of doing um, tutorials but then having it all linked up to like PayPal so you can do like an hour or two hour uh, tutorial for people and then they can pay like a dollar or two dollars or three dollars very very affordable um, but they're able to teach people on this way this way of teaching people but then they're able to help pay for their living and make things happen you know which is great and it's almost what is is the word what are you what's it called it's it's just called gumroad but if you go to like robot pencil gumroad or something and you can Mm -hmm. they'll be like or even like Mache kushada has them like my buddy Mache has them um even like Dave Raposa, Dan Levisi, mm-hmm. like all these dudes. Um, okay. There's a lot of digital artists that do them, but you, it, instead of like, I mean, I'm not trying to counter uh, like other places and other like Red Engine, all these other places which which do really great services as well. It's just like this is like it's more artist direct, you know, and and the artist mm-hmm. gets the the artist basically gets the funds directly so they can focus on their own their own thing or whatever, which is kind of cool as well. So. Um, which is kind of interesting, the the crowdsourcing thing and eliminating the middleman and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's good, and I don't know. I guess it's just change. What do you think about all that stuff? The commerce of this shit. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty detached from it. I think. I mean, I've, you know, I think that part part and parcel of just sort of being sort of satiated at at Bungie for the last three years. Um. But I mean, I'm certainly aware of all these artists you're talking about. I didn't, I did not know of Gumroad though, and I know of sort of the rise of these, of of these sort of concept art schools and, um, and stuff like that. Did you go to school? Yeah, I went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco. Okay, how was that? Yeah. I heard that's a good, good college. 
What's that? I heard it's a good college. Yeah, yeah. For I mean, it you know, like none of those places has its pros and cons. Um, I went there. You know, I was I, I probably started in like 1997 or 98, so it's you're pretty pre pre digital. I was a traditional illustration major, and uh, went basically spent like three or four years drawing the figure in charcoal is what it felt like. Um, <laughs> I heard I heard that that school is renowned for that. It's like really intense with the charcoal and like figure drawing and shit. Yeah, exactly. It was literally four days a week of different types, you know, it was figure painting, figure drawing, clothes, figure drawing, heads and hands. It was, you know, it's very academic and very rigorous and um, good. I mean, I, you know, it was the kind of thing where I didn't really know what I was doing, why I was doing that or, or, um, <laughs> you, uh, but you know, you just do it. And there was a really healthy sense of competition. There were a lot of amazing artists there and, um, you know, sort of, uh, this little micro culture of, of figure, figure drawing and, and sort of dra draftsmanship and academic sketching. And, and, you know, there were these sort of rock star students, like there's a guy, Jerome Pena, and, um, I think I've heard it, is that, uh, that guy. Yeah, he's still amazing. He's a, he's a comic book artist now, but um, he's the kind of guy where somebody one made a copy of his sketchbook and then it went around like sort of like like crack or like contraband or something. You know? <laughs> What's so, his name again? Pena? Uh, Jerome, Jerome O'Pena. Um, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Um, I think he's the best comic book artist right now really so he, he would get my vote damn um uh that's but, your, that's um, when your um classmates he was a few years ahead of me um but you know we, we were there at the same time was aware of him i also went there with moby frankie do you know moby frankie no i never heard um he's a amazing illustrator he worked at valve for about 10 years i think he did all the character designs for Team Fortress 2. Um, he's now, I think, at Riot, but he's also an amazing illustrator. Um, anyway, yeah, I went to school there, and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did. That's where I met my friend Rick, um, who, you know, I developed a really good relationship, professional and personal friendship with, and uh, it was strange, you know. I, it, it, it didn't... It's it, it's sort of very easy to sort of fall into a, a pitfall of, of of not really having an identity as an artist there, um, very academic, um, and that's sort of, I think that's the pitfall I I fell into. I came out of it, you know, being a good draftsman and being sort of you know at the top of my class or close to the top of most of my classes in figure drawing and 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 that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't come out with like a an identity as either a you know a personal identity as an artist or really a viable commercial portfolio. And it took a long time after that to finally arrive at that. Um, and 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 it was very you know there was there was this sort of competing school there, CCAC, which is California College of Arts and Crafts, which was like the um, sort of fine art school. Um, uh, sister school of, of, of the Academy of Art and there was sort of this sense of almost sort of a sense of rivalry between <laughs> between the two which is sort of interesting in hindsight and um, 
you know, it was an, a net positive for sure. Um, but, uh, it, you know, the, the idea that anybody could go into an art school, commercial art school at, at 18 years old and come out four years later making a living as a commercial illustrator is still, I mean, it seems just like one in a million, you know. Um, uh, there's, so, there's so much growing you have to do. Um, and, I, you know, I certainly... I certainly did, and it took me probably another eight or ten years after that before I really landed. You know, yeah, it takes time. You know, you have yeah. to build. You have to build yourself as a person. Um, not to say that younger artists can't. You know, it's just that you haven't experienced certain things. You know, and and life is about experience, and it depends on what your goal is, I guess. You know, like if you yeah. if your goal is to draw the human form, I mean, some dudes just focus on that their entire life, mm-hmm. and they are really amazing at it, and they travel around the world and do like teachings and all that kind of stuff, and they manage to make a living. And I know I know of people that do that. Yeah, and but some people want to create imaginary worlds and imaginary things, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, you must world understand the world around you. Yeah, and then manipulate it to your own abilities and emotions and stuff, and that's mm-hmm. it. Just depends on your destination, though, right? You know, and, yeah. and being aware of that, you know, I think that's really the key as well. As, a, as aware of your destination, you know, oftentimes I, I meet um, younger artists and they're they're unaware of either their potential or where they're going to go uh, or where they want to go. How important do you think it is for people to be aware of it? I, I mean, I think it's critical. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, there's, there's definitely a difference between, you know, I, I, yeah, like I said, I think it depends on, on, on your, on your personal goals. I think if you're, if you're young, if you're in your early twenties or mid twenties even, and you're lucky enough to feel like you have a clear vision of yourself as an artist or wh- where you want to end up, then that's a that's amazing in and of itself like I, I you know i mean i do come across those guys um but you know i think that um uh you know more often more often than not you know uh the the sort of growing gro- the growth takes 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 a long time and and you know finding yourself as an artist uh takes takes years um and you know sometimes it's the right thing to do to just sort of dive in um but you know i you know i have, i give i've given sort of my share of advice talks to concept artists who are coming up and trying to get in the industry and the you know the thing the the best piece of advice i can give to them i try to give to them is to just to really make sure you find your you know find yourself as and find your angle and sort of what 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 you can offer that's that's different than everyone else and you know it's so easy to get swept up in sort of the you know the the sort of uh, com- com- the sort of sea of competency um that schools like academy of art and and, and art center sort of churn out um but what's really going to make you stand out is 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 like f- f- you know figuring out a, an, an original point of view um and uh, you know, I always I always recommend people explore as many genres of art as they can. Um, like you know, concept the, the the idea of of concept art is sort of a non idea in a way. It's like concept artists are are sort of sh- should have should be sort of 
jack of all trades kind of a thing, you know. It's almost like a comic book artist. Like you have to be basically have a shorthand for everything, um, and you have to wear all these different hats and at any given time. Um, it's not just doing you know spaceships and floating fantasy islands and and that sort of thing. You know, yeah. um, it's important to be able to call up. Uh, any any genre of art or any artist or any period and to to sort of inform your work um i think that's always that's that's critical and that can be sort of missed in in, in a lot of ways or a lot of times and i think that i sort of came to where i am be just through this sort of trial and error and sort of frustration and sort of lack of identity and sort of losing myself and then finding myself again and that sort of thing um so it, it's tough. I just think it's you got to be open, you know. Yeah, constantly open and humbled by the idea, and realizing that you're always going to change. Yeah. And being pure, you know. I think that there's also uh, an interesting thing that happens with the internet, and for example, like uh, Facebook, for example, like with all the likes and all that kind of stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. um, not not being aware. I mean, even like CG Hub, for example, um, when it was when it was live. Um, you know, it's just natural that people are going to pick the, the thing that they like most or connect with most, and then they put it up there. And then, then after that happens, you start to see a lot of clones that happens from yeah. it. You know, like, think about, like, all the Aaron Beck clones and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? Like, there's just... I think that that's also something to be cautious of and, and aware of is... is uh, and I use this quote quite a bit that really helps me anytime I get too close to an artist. Mm-hmm. Because I think as an artist, I can I can... I feel like I'm confident against, I, I could probably do a different style pretty okay, mm-hmm. but being myself is, is, that's really where the fun is, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, so one, one quote that I got from Frazetta that I always love is, is, uh, he said, why be a, um, I said in the last podcast, I apologize to people for me repeating it, but why be a, a second rate Frazetta when you can be a first rate you, you know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's absolutely true. Like why be remembered as just somebody else's style? Yeah. And, uh, it's challenging, you know, like even for me, even when I'm trying and no matter what people are going to start seeing similarities to other artists, especially artists, you know, like artists will be like, Hey, that looks like blah, blah. Or, you know, it's like, right. but I'm not trying to at that level. So it can be complicated as well. But when I'm getting back with the Facebook thing is, or like the CG hub thing or any of these artist communities where people are getting attention and, and all that stuff is people go, Oh, like, look at that. That's a, that's you know, it gets me excited, but that's also getting everybody else excited. Like if I want a job, I should just draw just like that guy. Mm-hmm. And I get that. That makes sense. But I think that for me, my standpoint is, is also me, remember to be yourself, you know, like remember to have your voice, even if it's a little bit different, you know, the, the more different, I guess you can get, I guess, suppose it, it's just on a spectrum, right? What do you think of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I always like to take like at one point I sort of had an identity crisis as an artist and got, got really interested in contemporary fine art, like conceptual art. And like, I started to think who's the, you know, our art historically, who, who are we going to look at? Who's going to be in the art history books 50, hundred years from now for, from this, from this period right now. And like, who are those guys and why are they, why are they going to be those guys? Yeah, you know? Who are they? Um, like guys like Damien Hirst, you know, um, uh, Jeff Koons, Takashi Murakami, Gerhard Richter, these big time, you know, 
the, the, the creme de la creme of the fine art world that sell their works for hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff like that. Is that anyway. what makes them good by having, do you think that's what makes them good? I mean, obviously the art and stuff, but what is it that, like you mentioned a bunch of names. Um, I don't even know some of those names. I feel like an idiot, but <laughs> what is it? Is it because they already have a claim success or is it because their art is really great? I, I'm, I'm just speaking out of, I, mean, I don't know their art. I, so. That's a whole, I mean, that's a whole, Pandora's box of sure debate. it's objection right um, I, I, well, I, I mean I love to talk about that stuff um, and I always tend to sort of play the devil's advocate on you know whenever I talk I was do you know the artist you know Jamie Jones yeah I think I've heard of Jamie Jones anyway he's, he's an amazing concept artist I always have, have debates with him about that um, about but, the these different artists like what's yeah, good? Uh, just like the value of, of, of some of these artists, um, you know, that do this sort of crazy conceptual sort of convoluted stuff. Um, um, but anyway, the, the, point, the point I was getting at was that if you want to be a successful contemporary fine artist and you want to, you want to get in that game, um, you know, I, I, I think one of the most valuable lessons I take from that is that, is that you're almost required um, – to, to, to sort of challenge, challenge the viewer to, to sort of come up with something that is provocative or evocative or, you know, somehow unusual or shocking or disgusting or, you know, um, that's sort of the game now, the art game, you know, is to, is, 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 it's, it's about ideas and philosophy and sort of and you know, for better or for worse, there's certainly a lot of bullshit out there. Um, but that was, you know, a big takeaway for me that's helped influence my work. And sort of getting back to your question or your point was that, you know, the idea of 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 challenging the viewer, you know, of of sort of it's sort of, it's your responsibility as an artist to to sort of uh, confound expectations in some way. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's what Aaron Beck, your friend, does so well. Like, um, you know, he he may not be the most like amazing painter or whatever, but his ideas are so unique, and he he his work sort of transcends technique in a way. You know? Yes, um, and, I say that and, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 shows you what you don't expect. You know, you don't expect those designs to be that way, and they're crazy and they're amazing and they're, you know, they're sort of one of a kind in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, I, I, I try to sort of draw those, those sort of lessons from, I, I, you know, I sort of came to those conclusions from my sort of research into the contemporary fine art world. And I think that's a valuable lesson, you know, um, and even if it's just 10 or 20%, you know, to sort of, that it's your responsibility almost to to break convention or to push to push the the envelope a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's perfectly said and I agree with you. And I think that really the good art I think that some of the most impressive art to me is the art that has the idea, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, we brought up Aaron and, and just to use him as an example, like, you know, he's got a, a crazy curiosity, a crazy imagination, just has so much energy. Um, 
he's just got yeah he just you can feel it in his work and he finds forms where you didn't think forms existed and yeah and, and challenging your own imagination and opening up those pockets and stuff and and that's really what it is right i mean sometimes when i look at a really great piece of work i'm i'm just the, my favorite artists are the guys that draw stuff that I already see in my head. I just didn't know they existed. You know, mm-hmm. Mobius is a as a perfect example, um, where it's like it's almost like he's drawing the drawings that I would draw in ten years or something. You know, <laughs> and that's what I get kind of confused too with myself. Is is I cl- I connect with these guys so personally because it's it's weird. It's like I'm seeing myself. Not to even mm-hmm. I can't relate myself to him. Obviously, and we're completely different people. But it's you know we're we're all using the same techniques and we we're using forms and shapes and all that kind of crap. But what I'm getting at is that it's it's when you get you get lost in that on your in your identity because you might think that you are connected to that person somehow beyond yourself. If that makes sense. I'm getting off into a really weird concept, but. When I get really into it, even design, you know, like some, I'm a design nerd as well on top of all the art stuff too. But yeah. even with design, I mean, design is a, is a totally different game um, and it has different 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 constructs and stuff and it's kind of an interesting thing. But, um, but do, You mean like all your UI stuff? Yeah, I guess like UI or, you know, like layout and, and print and, and, and all that stuff and, and, and information design and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. With all the stuff for the films is all just like... It's just visual porn. You, you, most of that stuff is just like it's it's how to like push your brain to like the maximum with the visual like over 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 abundance you know of madness you know but mm-hmm. but um no, I I lost what I was saying but I I'm just kind of riffing off the idea of when I look at an artist that I really admire mm-hmm. um it's like I'm looking at the possibility of what is you know without mm-hmm. knowing without even being aware of it then it, it becomes itself and then i just get so excited and all i want to do is draw because i just get so mm-hmm. pumped i get so pumped up you know is the same for you yeah i mean i you know i i you know maybe have slightly different experiences um but i definitely i i definitely relate to that sort of transcendent um feeling when you see work like that that you respond to it's just part of it's if it feels like it's part of you um and uh and you, you want to sort of reciprocate that somehow i i have you know i was part of part of the sort of conceptual side of things i always think about like honesty in work and sort of authenticity and how how obvious it is when a, when work is honest um it's very honest, obvious, right? Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's, it's weird how that is, right? Totally. Um, and just, I have you feel it. I have. I feel like I've I've struggled with that with my own work in um, in the past, and and the techniques I'm using now, I feel like have have really helped me sort of over, overcome some of that, and and even like the, you know, getting back to sort of the contemporary sort of conceptual fine art stuff has really helped me move past some some of those those concerns like i always think uh, you know i i feel like i have a much easier time producing work um under the gun or with with some sort of pressure uh or or sort of obligation or art direction or limitation um that's good i i I do as well it just depends on my mood though yeah it takes a lot more energy is why and if I've yeah, been sleeping yeah. or something, you know, or and, and I fight it. But the less you fight that and the more you figure out a way to bend it, then it's better, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Then you find these weird avenues that you never thought you would end up, but that's because the restraints, you know. Totally. Yeah, I think yeah, limitation sometimes makes the best art. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, you know, I always think of, of successful fine artists as having the best art careers, but it's it's also sort of simultaneously the hardest the hardest avenue art for the, you know I for me to imagine myself having success in um, just because of the nature of the work that you're no limitation you know you here's a here's a canvas and a big empty gallery fill it up you know kind of a thing um, yeah that's always the most sort of intimidating type of work for me <laughs> yeah um, well it's yeah it's like a big empty box and yeah then, yeah then you just have everything and then it, you can self-destruct a lot easier you know rather yeah, exactly. than rather than having these little things like oh, i need this thing that's this this and that and you're like okay you keep me in bound and i'll just focus on that task you know right which is probably what if you ever were to do something like that you just have to really be cautious of your task orientation you know like and how you set up your tasks for yourself you know and mm -hmm. be self-disciplined that's how yeah. I that's how I've managed to build up a body of work myself is just like being really task oriented and mm -hmm. every day even if I feel like shit or like I've been doing too much jiu-jitsu and my body's tired and like there's just like shit going on I don't want to deal with it, I still I've agreed to myself to do you know x amount of time for the things that I want to do but that's yeah, challenging that's that's self-discipline though and you know that just takes time I guess but it's challenging what's your whole yeah. thought on the like using photos and stuff because everybody well, not everybody, but a lot of people in the artist, artistic world and all that stuff, they get up in arms about it. I think I, I have a lot of opinions about it, and it just depends on the situation. But I'm curious for, to hear from you. What do you think about the the photo bashing, the photo thing? I mean, I guess that's more of a trashy way of putting it. Uh, but using photos as references, as overlays to create imagery and stuff. What do you think? I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, well, obviously. It, I Yeah, I am. Um... Uh, for a number of reasons, I, I sort of have embraced it. One, you know, um, I like going back to the sort of academic uh, background, you know, sort of traditional illustration versus uh, fine art. You know, um, there was a big, um, you know, the, the, that sort of stigma attached to it. Like, you know, that, that, that you know, somehow, somehow to be, a successful artist in sort of fields that we that we work in, um, there's there's sort of these unspoken rules or um, standards that that you have to follow. That you know, I was sort of a vic victim of for a long time for my you know sort of self-imposed. Well, you know, if if you know the idea, if you use a photo here or there, or you know, if it's entirely photo bashed, that somehow that the, the, the image is compromised. And I really feel like I've just transcend, you just have to transcend those, those limit, those sort of self-imposed limitations. Um, cause that's what they are. They're just manufactured, uh, you know, and I think are, that yeah. appreciating, um, fine art, contemporary abstract conceptual fine art has really freed me up to, to sort of say, Hey, wait a minute, what, you know, that's a ridiculous thing. It's, you know, I'm not, and, and it's also part, you know, it's definitely true that some people very much 
enjoy the enjoy the craft, enjoy the process of painting um, and and sort of learning and and drawing. And and at, at a certain point, I found myself, you know, questioning whether I how much I enjoyed the process and how much I just wanted to design and I just wanted to produce images and get get sort of ideas out of my head and um, and I didn't you know I didn't so much enjoy uh, you know the sort of learning process of of of, of uh, you know the gradual sort of learning process of, of, of you know oil sort of op- opaque painting or or um, that sort of thing. Um, there was also an experience I had working on Dead Space that was very transformative in terms of my opinion on on that. And, and that the first couple months of, of of work I was doing for them, I was doing in, environment interiors and spending you know a week on one painting um, and focusing you know seventy percent of my energy onto getting the lighting and rendering correct and values and the, the buildup of paint and all this stuff and really thinking of it more as a painting contest than, uh, <laughs> than like uh, generating, you know, usable ideas for the production pipeline. And um, uh, the art director at one point sent me a concept done by another really talented concept artist, Alex Chu, who yeah. we were just we were just trying to think of, uh, they just wanted architectural motifs for these large interior spaces on the space station. And he sent me an image that Alex had done where he had literally taken a photo of, uh, you know, a little chunk of some interesting sort of architectural support beams or something. And he had just, you know, extended that painting out, extended that photo out with paint. So it was half and half. It was, you know, the source imagery, sort of the design motif came from a photo, but he just extended it out into this, to the scene in the space station. And it was totally usable. And that was it. The, 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 the environment artists were able to extrapolate very useful information from this image. And it, you know, that, that was an effective piece of concept art. And that, that really sort of was the beginning of it for me. And, and, you know, sort of, uh, con- concept art, anyway, is about information. It's about providing visual information, um, and you know, I, I certainly was very sort of quick to get past sort of the moral uh, end of of you know the sort of debate over whether or not fo- photos or photo source or photo bashing is you know, sort of acceptable. I'm not really interested in that. Yeah, well, I think you've earned it, you know, with your education. Like you are saying, there's like four years of just intense drawing the human form in all different types and ways. Like, And then, okay, so it's obvious that you've learned how to draw the human form and all these things. And uh, if you're in a pipeline where, it, like you said, it's your, I think you said it perfectly, it's about conveying information. Mm-hmm. So if your job is to convey information, that they're not going to be like, oh, that's a fucking... What brush did you use on that? No, yeah. they don't give a fuck about that. They're like, yeah. tell me the mood. I want that mood. Give me that feeling. Yeah. Give me that original idea. 
Yeah. That's what I want because this there's there's a million other games out there and we need to have the most unique one because we're spending fucking billions of dollars on this production, you know? Like exactly. give me the special sauce and give it to me yeah. fast, please, because we need it because X and X and X needs X and X and X, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's more part of a machine, which makes sense, you know, and like because yeah, exactly. I really try to just I try to understand it too. And when people like take take a shit on like they they get all up in arms and shit themselves about it, I'm like, dude, chill out like do you are you even do you even know how this business runs you know like yeah um i guess it's it's within you know reason like i brought it up before did you hear about the whole craig mullins thing like i don't yeah. I, I hate to bring it up and because like, i respect the dude i don't give a shit you know like it doesn't bother me but yeah there was that that whole thing where he took another piece of a painting and the, the funny thing is uh there was my friend on the podcast was saying that he maybe he's so ahead of the game that he's photo bashing paintings he's he's painting bashing that's <laughs> like, amazing yeah like I love it's that. funny that's, that's- that's like it's like postmodern concept art yeah <laughs> he's a master i mean he's he, 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 there's very few people that can reach that level i mean jeremy jones i'm looking at his work and i've been familiar with as well he has that very good painterly digital feel but it's yeah. it's like a good mix between all those things he's obviously they feel like they're in the same range you know which is great um yeah. but yeah that's cool i mean for me when i heard it i was like yeah you know like i saw it and and i was like okay like there's a if, for those of you that don't know you took like a he did like, like a cropping of an ocean of a painting from somebody else's painting like but a, it was like an it was like an old painting right it wasn't yeah it, it was, was some, like i think it was like somebody else's old like oil painting or something but like hundred, like uh, like a century old or more. Like it was, a, so. it was yeah. like a master work or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And crazy that somebody noticed that. <laughs> yeah, freaking nerd. Um, but yeah, then they, <laughs> then they're like, dude, what the fuck, man? You freaking took the thing, ah, you know. And yeah. uh, but I, you know, for me, it's it's um, I don't know, you know, shit. If you're getting paid for it, and it's it's a it's a. It's a thin line, you know, because you could say, like, well, what if you took your painting and you took, like, half of your painting and, like, f- fucking threw something else on it and then he, he got paid for it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what certainly. do you think of that? I mean, that gets really tricky, too. And, you know, like, are even photographs and shit, like, taking somebody's photograph and, like, only augmenting it a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess it gets confusing because as artists, we're just trying to draw. Like, you said it perfectly. Like, I would be doing this shit for free, too, because I, I, this is what I do. Yeah. And when you get paid to do it, it gets like really kind of fucking confusing, you know, like it gets, yeah. you know, there's all these like weird lines and you can't do this and that and, and blah, blah, blah. And this is immoral and all that stuff. And <laughs> it's, yeah. and then all you want to do is just like, fuck off. I just want to draw, you know, like I just want to create, I don't give a shit, you know, like, yeah, I just, I just wanna, yeah you just want to create. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let me create, please. Like, I don't care how I do it. And that's, that's why I, I mean, Aaron and I are good buddies and, and that's, I, I get that too, because he's just, he wants that energy. He has, he wants to get the energy out, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not trying to be Craig Mullins, you know, like mm-hmm. hand, uh, hands off to hats off to people that want to, you know, cause yeah, exactly. That's amazing too. Like everybody has their own goal, but yeah, with the whole painting thing with that, I don't know. Yeah. I was, I was sort of think of it little bit like hip hop too, like hip mm. hip hop producer, you know, like uh Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, it's it's you're just taking you're taking samples and, and rearranging things slightly and transform you know, there's a sort of transformative process that is undeniable. I mean, you know, it's like there there are hip hop songs that are, you know, eighty percent um some some sample but are completely different in you know, in so many ways. And I always think of, you know, 
think of that sort of like being a concept artist in a way, sort of like a hip-hop producer. You know, you're just pulling from these different genres, you're pulling ideas, you're pulling reference, you're pulling photos, you're, you know, it's just like, um, I think that's it. I also, I also always loved um, the sort of kit bashing of the old models from old sci-fi movies. Like, I always remember as a kid yeah, finding dude. out that <laughs> on, on, like... Star Wars Death, or Alien, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, on the Death Star, there was, like, a pantyhose bottle on there so you know like uh, <laughs> like that always just blew my mind like yeah. uh, but nobody's complaining that that star wars should give you know uh the pantyhose company credit for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for designing the death star yeah i guess there's just levels to it right you know yeah there's so. levels there's, there's shades of gray but i think it's important not to be sort of myopic about it and have these sort of blind these sort of moral blinders on. I mean certainly when there's there's legal issues like with the whole Shepard Ferry Obama poster, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, what was that all about? Like he 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 made his uh his Obama poster and they were like, "Hey, that's Obama." What was the deal with that? <laughs> I remember hearing that and I, and I didn't yeah, really follow it too closely because I'm like he you know, he created well, that a photo, and, that's right, yeah. And he used an associated press image that he hadn't licensed but i think the lawsuit actually came from that he provided false evidence like when they asked for his source material oh he gave them a different photo than the one he knew he used i think is what it happened so oh. he ended up getting in trouble for providing false evidence to the fbi or, or to <laughs> somebody you know yeah, when you're that big, it's got to be challenging to really keep the, the 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 rats off you. You know, like it's just, yeah. And you know, that's part of the the universe is saying like, all right, you've had enough. You know, like <laughs> it's, you got to give a little bit back. You know, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. That I guess that makes sense too. But dude, if they would have a field day with us, so you know, in the concept world, they'd just go fucking nuts. Yeah, you know, with a lot of this, the photo references and stuff that we use, it's like yeah. It's, but fortunately, I mean that's why that's part of why I think concept art is interesting because it's not it's not meant to exist on its own. It's no, it's it's part it's of the whole. It's yeah. it's a it's you know it's subservient to the to the process. It's meant to inspire or inform a three D artist and then just get filed away. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one of the things I like most about concept art is that I feel like it's freeing because it's not. Um, you know, it doesn't have when when, it, when you're starting a new concept, it's it sort of is inherently doesn't have the pressure of like creating an illustration or a painting or something that you know is meant to be sort of displayed and sort of shown off or something. You know that this is, if you want it, this is going to go in an email to another 3D artist and then in some hard drive somewhere, <laughs> and that and that'll be it. If if that's where you want it to go, you know, like uh, yeah. That's a good point too. It's the freeness of not being like such a permanent yeah. existence, and you can just be like, you know what, fuck it. If it has this failure, and then all of a sudden you have this like amazing masterpiece that comes exactly. with all that energy. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I find that I work myself into to into holes a lot too. Do you find that yeah. as well? Like you just kind of overthink it, and then you just fuck yourself over. Mm-hmm. I envy artists that don't do that. Um, I that know just, that just play, and I'm trying to be get like that. And what I realize is that. Um, if I just draw whatever the fuck I want, then usually that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The only concern is that it doesn't really account amount to anything. But then I look at like Tarada and I go, "Fuck, that's all he does. <laughs> he just draws yeah. what he wants to draw." 
and then you know he's not trying to be anybody else other than himself really you know it's true so yeah but i admire the shit out of his art you know so yeah absolutely no yeah you're different different people different artists yeah um that's one of the reasons i really love um like uh like architectural like blueprints and 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 architectural illustrations and elevations and stuff and mm, yeah um like a cell you know cells from animations that are these these amazing works of art that were just part of this production pipeline <laughs> that's meant to exist really on their own that wouldn't exist on their own if it wasn't for this production you know yeah yeah and you got to you got to love and respect the production and oftentimes i find that um if the project isn't very good or whatever but i find that the energy in the beginning is way better you know like the you know like the sketches and all the the ideas and the art behind it because the movie goes by so fast or the story yeah. sucks or something you know and you can't really appreciate it but the art and the intention behind it is so amazing i remember a friend of mine telling me uh, my friend joe peacock who owns or used to own i'm not sure what his collection is like now but he has like a huge collection of of akira shit Oh, he, has, yeah. he has like original like the original pieces like the the paintings that go behind and yeah. then all the art and like the multiple cells like the whole shot basically he has a bunch of that kind of stuff and just absolutely insane like crazy amount of work yeah and level of detail and respect it's very japanese style like very so much respect to the craft and so you have all this but he said that they were like just literally throwing it away or using it as like packaging mm -hmm. wrapping shit and stuff you know yeah. it's like just destroying these like iconic images from the past and maybe i'm just like super nerdy and i love it way more than anybody else but no dude, it's, dude it's, it's like dude. what the fuck man you're it's like the you know you're fucking with history guys yeah <laughs> exactly yeah but that's why that stuff has value too you know sure it's just crazy to think that it didn't have value back then oh what's that oh that's yeah the, that's the explosion of when they're in the fucking sewage huh yeah that's uh, the original cell that's awesome. What the yeah. shit, dude? Look at that. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> dude, um, you got a lot yeah, of cool art. That's interesting that, you know, there's this parallel. You know, Van Gogh uh, loved Japanese woodblock prints. And Everybody did. <laughs> he discovered them because the fish that he bought from the supermarket were wrapped in them. Ah. I always thought that was an interesting little anecdote that's like the internet on its slowest way you know <laughs> yeah like imagine i was saying like imagine like da vinci giving him the power of the internet you know like a mind like that would it make him lazy or would it make him more crazy you know like or this like van gogh imagine van gogh being able to use the internet's resources or any artist you know really but it's just I find that to be interesting because is that okay? Imagine the day of him, right? He goes and paints and blah blah, and he's going to cafe or whatever he's doing, and then that moment where he gets this little blissful gift from the universe, and it's just like mm -hmm. this fish that he buys to cook, and then it's wrapped in this interesting art that makes him inspired, you know? Yeah, it's fuck. That's fucking awesome, man. Like, so good. It is cool. I never heard that. I like that story. Yeah, uh, I always love to think that 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 moment actually happened that moment existed yeah and and it's also cool to recognize that in your own self you know yeah the moment that you get those things totally so what's so what's up with you now so you're doing the destiny thing is done so you're you taking a break or are you going back at it and are you on something else i mean usually that's how you guys are right you guys are like you guys are like two years into another thing right now or yeah and destiny just keeps rolling 
it, so it just can, it keeps evolving and the characters adjust and change and stuff the world builds out because it's like a social thing exactly okay so you're kind of be kind of off and on on it constantly uh, you know throughout the production probably yeah yeah we're, we've we've moved on you know concept is usually at the sort of front of the line in terms of that pipeline just because we need you know the our work informs the other work um so yeah we've we've you know, we have a fairly small team. It's like seven, I think seven of us now. Okay. Um, and we're all working on different sort of various aspects of, of uh, Destiny sequels. Um, that's crazy. It's crazy yeah. to think that it's like, that's actually kind of a smart way of going about it as a business, you know. Mm-hmm. creating a, an evolving developing world that's based off a social system and stuff I yeah imagine a lot of game cool. studios are doing that right you know like isn't it world of warcraft kind of like that it's amazing exactly like, yeah i mean that's the the cool thing about that thing about destiny is that it's not you know we don't necessarily think of as big like big individual sequels as much as it's just this ex, this world that just expands and grows yeah that's cool yeah that's an interesting way then, yeah. I have some stuff, yeah, going on with Oculus. We'll see what happens, but oh, do you? Yeah, it should be fun. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, the 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 whole strategies of these things is very interesting, and in how you create a an interesting uh, experience for people, and and it's something that I would want, you know, like mm-hmm. just, I don't know. It's cool. It's, it's yeah, true. Oculus super super exciting, and I know that a bunch of amazing concept artists just got hired there. Um, yeah, right. I think they had something with the Valve or something like that. Three for three, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It was like the 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 Halo dudes, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of interesting things that's going to come from that as well. And I was laughing. I was sending off some funny like Oculus porno silly videos of people. Like there was this one video of this kid in like Japan, or not a video. It was like this image I found, or and it was like him like squeezing some like boobs but they're like fake boobs but you have the oculus on it's just, oh yeah, yeah it's just you know. that's that's it that's the real future <laughs> yeah it's already here in the in the and yeah. it's just you know it's just going to get more and more crazy yeah um, yeah who knows you know it's who knows what's going to happen from it part of me feels like i'm getting old because it's like kind of scary mm-hmm. uh, because i'm just like i realize what's going to happen but at the same yeah. time yeah i don't know you know it's just it's it's going to be very interesting psychologically what happens to the consciousness of the human species, you know, like, dude, yeah. My, my friend, Jesse, who's a concept artist at Bungie refers to our kids who are both the, about the same age as the, the Oculus generation. <laughs> yeah, That's they, true. they are, they really are. I've been trying to tell people about this for a while, even before Oculus. And I had kind of envisioned the idea of, you know, working remotely and using virtual space and like having our alternate realities and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's already upon us now, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm just, it's going to be very interesting. And I really hope that, um, I don't know. I hope we retain our humility and humanity, you know, as we go through it, but what does that really mean? And is it any good, you know? So, so it all comes back to ghost in the shell. It all comes back to YouTube comments. No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> <Holy Okay. shit. laughs> no, I always use that as an example of like humanity at its finest because it's like people just being honest and brutal. Yeah. They're, they're just being fucking shitheads, you know? So <laughs> yeah, we were, we talked about that a little bit. Um, 
I had John Sweeney on. We were talking about some shit from YouTube stuff and just people being assholes and stuff. And yeah, you know, how serious can you take that stuff? And people are threatening people's lives or in, in like saying horrible shit, like they'll rape people and stuff and then not using that as like a threat, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. And then people's accountability, but yeah, as we go into this next phase of, of, humanity almost our consciousness you know like where does accountability lie and all that stuff it's scary (laughs) it's crazy you know my friend anthony brought up a really interesting point he's like what what does the hitler do in the virtual space you know like because the thing that the thing that held hitler back was you know his ability not to get his grasp around the world fast enough Mm -hmm. you know but you put that kind of a crazy mind in a in a in that environment you you create a weird world-like cult and it's going to be really weird yeah, the puppet master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all comes back to Ghost in the Shell, like you said. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fucked. <laughs> but I try to look at the positive and all these. There's a lot of amazing tools that you can use, like helping people communicate and helping people learn and helping people uh, understand themselves better or the world better and, and things like that. So uh, you know how it is. Like there's always like two sides to. The, the tool you know so and seeing what works best and stuff so but yeah yeah definitely the oculus generation is upon us and yeah have you used it yeah i have i've used all the new ones and tried out all the stuff and i've used the the beginning one for the uh it's interesting it's still it's 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 awesome but it mm-hmm. still has there's a lot of development to do because we're used to living in physical realms. So there's equilibrium issues that happen and stuff like yeah. that. You know, like it's not, you can't just throw this thing on and just fucking go like ape shit. I, 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 I can a little bit because I'm aware of like, I know where I'm at, you know? Yeah. So, but some people don't know that depth perception, you know? So, yeah. Um, like, uh, like a good example is like uh, when I do jujitsu, I close my eyes a lot. Like I don't even open my eyes when I'm rolling. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. I'm like kind of like in a weird meditative state. Yeah. Um. But I know that it's not common to be like that. And so when it, when I try this thing on, it's definitely a unique experience. Have you tried it? No, I haven't. You haven't tried any of them at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should check it out. I think you might like it. Yeah, it seems amazing. I mean, I've, I'm convinced it's a legitimately next. It is legitimately a, an evolution, a sort of, of of that experience. Yeah. It's yeah. the lawnmower man time. Yeah, lawnmower man. Yeah, dude, old school. Yeah, anyway. and also I watched that uh, documentary you posted with the Hicks and Gracie. Oh, you did? You watched that? Yeah. What do you think of that? I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I love, I love that. I love MMA and Brazilian and the whole Gracie family and all that stuff. Really? Do you train? I don't. No, just, just I, I'm. You know, I, lo- I love sports. I, I I love boxing and and. Um, you know, there's the, the, the Gracie story is just infinitely compelling and interesting. And it is, there's I didn't know much about Cron. Um, the Gracie either was a super interesting guy. And, yeah. Um, he's on Joe Rogan's podcast too. Yeah. 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 Which is, is a good talk. I felt mm-hmm. bad for him because I know Joe is like, he was super horny to talk to his dad. Yeah. So you just, he, I felt bad for him because Joe just, you know, he was just infatuated with his dad. So he just wants to talk about like, you know what did your dad do to this you know and like all mm-hmm. these questions and so, but um he eventually did have hickson on which is which is really amazing it was a really great podcast um but that's cool that you watched it the documentary you're talking about is about hickson gracie it's called choke it's a really awesome documentary and it's it's a great ex- it's a great um documentary of a, of a true warrior a true 
a true modern day warrior, really, you know, like, um, if you could say that, you know, uh, that's what I look at it. And it's not a warrior in the worst sense. It's like a, like a honorable, you know, very, very honorable kind of warrior. Yeah, I thought you know? that, that last, that one of the last scenes after he beats the, I guess the, the final, not, not the final, the final Jets, like one of the, one of the two Japanese guys. Uh, who, at, the, at the pride or whatever, the, the yeah, pride end, yeah, yeah. Who sort of proclaims that he he finally accepts Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a legitimate art form, and he, he understands <laughs> yeah. it's a superior art form, and he needs to go train now. And that was great. I guess, He's crying. And yeah, shit. That was pretty amazing. It was amazing. You're seeing these guys. Um, they're just they're they're breaking down into their core, and and it's so beautiful and so raw and honest, and it's very rare to have that. I'm glad yeah. you watched that. That's so cool. It's crazy to think that people watch the things that I post up. I guess a lot of yeah. people do. I, that's dude. I'm hungry. I mean, we I, content's yeah, I great. Like we're on the same page on almost everything. Like I, I obsess over documentaries too. It's so good. Have you? What's the? I was just uh, Andrew just told me about this one that I need to watch called The Thin Blue Line. I haven't heard of it. Oh, I, I heard it's really great. He just told me I haven't watched it yet though. That's Errol Morris. Um, the story That's, about that person, or is that the director? No, he's the director. He also did, um, you know, uh, the Fog of War, and 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 never seen uh, that most either. Recently, most recently, the un, Unknown Known, the, the the documentary on Donald Rumsfeld. Um, oh yeah, never heard of that. Shit. Yeah, holy shit! Errol Morris is like a, le- a legendary dude. Um, uh, the Fog of War is with Robert McNamara, the Secretary of Defense for like the Vietnam War. Oh wow. It's just crazy. Like those are you got to watch both of those. It's some nuts. crazy shit, man. America was in a crazy time, man. That was some. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, uh, I'm glad I wasn't there. To be completely honest, you know. Yeah. Some- well, we are. I mean, you know, we're, you know that that it's like a, it's a trilogy, you know, with the Iraq War. Sure, um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I try not to follow that stuff too closely. I get really, I get kind of fucked in the head from that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm maybe I'm a pussy or I'm too sensitive to it. I'd rather just you know put the blinders on and just focus on other things. I get really fucked in the head from that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like I I'm a bitch because I'm not doing it. I'm not making a change. You know. In the oh world, yeah. You know? It's like when I watch those poor kids on the TV or something. I'm just like fuck, man. Like and then I just continue eating my dinner or whatever. Yeah. I just feel like such a shithead. <laughs> I know. It's a it's a world of hypocrisy. It is. I feel bad, you know, and I don't know. I wish maybe there's a way for us to fix these things by having like a global kind of a proper global help aid kind of thing, not like this failed UN bullshit, you know, like all this other stuff. Like, there's always. It, I guess it's you know, I often hear like uh, people try to break these things down, and it just seems like it's, they don't know what they're talking about, or it seems even more confusing. World politics, and and I just think that we're we're still not a beyond our own Neanderthal evolution still, you mm-hmm. know, like we're getting closer every day. Um, we got ways to go. We still, unfortunately, you know, and in a prime example, I was just talking about like, you know, global care, you know, taking care of the earth with a mm-hmm. friend of mine today. And it's interesting. You can, if you're not aware of it, you can easily say like, yeah, well, you know, like people and you go, well, I'm a fucking person. 
you know, mm-hmm. like take accountability for yourself mm-hmm. and big changes come from small changes, you know? Yeah. So, and so like a good example I use for myself that makes me feel somewhat okay is I just work from home. So I don't commute. So I don't use a car. Yeah. I don't use a car hardly ever. Yeah. Unless I had to take my daughter to like dance or go to jujitsu, but that's it. Yeah. Even, even then I feel kind of like shitty, but, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, it's very small, but I'm trying to make my own little contribution. It's not a huge one, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, man. It's, yeah. it's the world's so big. There's so many people. There's so many people that need help that aren't getting help. That's it sucks. And I wish, I don't know. Fuck, it sucks. <laughs> I think maybe perhaps, and maybe you feel the same as, as I get older and, and I develop myself and, and I get more notoriety and attention and I can get more of a voice. I can maybe perhaps start to try and use my abilities to help those people in a, in a real direct way, like literally going and helping people and just improve their lives or if they want it, you know, whatever that means, you know, cause that's subjection too, you know, like what's, who's to say that my life is better than other people's, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's true. If, if, if I'm, if I have a full stomach and I can sleep, then, you know, I think, and they can't, then there's a little, there's a difference there, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we got all like political and shit. I'm not supposed it's to heavy. talk about that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had to, uh, you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion. I had the, I learned that I learned that lesson the hard way on uh, the religion thing. When one day it was a really horrible experience. <laughs> oh. And I always remembered like, oh yeah, I never do that with like anybody. If you can, try to avoid it, but yeah. yeah. We have a like mind, so I guess it's okay. So. Yeah, yeah, it's I, I I go back and forth on it. I would do, you know, I love like guys like David Cross, you know, David Cross the comedian. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. And Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan is incredibly outspoken and sort of uh Yeah, he's overt. like a pioneer. Yeah. Um So, um yeah. Yeah. Badasses, dude, it's late. Yeah. We talk we we like to talk. <laughs> dude, where are, where are you and where are you? I'm in San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're not too far away. I don't know if you stay up late. I just feel bad. It's one o'clock in the morning, for those. Yeah, that are no, it's about it's about right. Yeah, about bedtime. Yeah, I mean, I you know my whole my whole career, I was pretty nocturnal until I got to Bungie, and now I have a pretty regular schedule. You got the kids though. Got the kids. Yeah, waking up at seven. Yay. Brutal. Yeah. yeah, night guy hate uh, morning guy hates the night guy. That's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> night, night guy just wants to party and draw all night, and the morning yeah. guy is like, "Fuck you, <laughs> dude! I got I still got I got to stay up late tonight because I got to watch the new uh, season of Ultimate Fighter premiere. Is it the girls? Huh? Yeah, the girls, the straw weights. I can't I can't watch that stuff? No, no. I've been following MMA forever, and I just can't watch a woman push another, punch another woman in the head. I just, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, even like Ronda Rousey, like she just she pulls arm bars all the time, and even her, like her last fight was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Yeah. She, she's like a savage. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I just can't. I wish I could because I want to watch it, but I just can't. I just can't watch it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm in. I'm 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 on board with it. You should try it out. You should train. I know. I thought about it. There's a. You're up in. Is it? Um. Where are you at? Oregon, as they said. Uh, I'm in Bungie's Bellevue, where? right next to Seattle. So you're okay. So you're in Washington then. Okay. I know that there's a couple really good dojos. From what I've heard, there's a couple in that city, mm. or probably in your vicinity. I'm sure. So. I got fucked up knees. I don't know how bad that's going to be. I've had like four knee surgeries. Really. 
Yeah. What you been kicking walls and shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I played. I played. I played soccer in my for like ten years. And oh, okay. Yeah, that could do it. You have like yeah. no, you have like no sausage in between your joints. Exactly. <laughs> I got the sausage. Uh, uh, Technically speaking. Yeah, patty. Um, <laughs> sausage patty je- like jellies. That's right. Um, <laughs> and then I had on my other knee, I had an ACL repair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Yeah, because you get your na- you get your knees yanked around a little bit in jujitsu though. But jujitsu is like the gentle art. That's what I call it. You know, or at least it's that's what it's referred to. So yeah, you can still do it and like not because I don't like boxing and shit cause in my head. I don't want people fucking shaking my brain around like that. That's not <laughs> <Yeah>. cool. In <laughs> yeah. MMA, like fuck no, I'd rather watch that. Yeah. So, but jujitsu, yeah, I think you might like it though if you followed if you follow this stuff and if you watched. Hickson's documentary and mm-hmm. some there's a there's a documentary I just recently watched that I'm totally stoked on is uh it's called The Rise of Keenan Cornelius who's um he's a jujitsu practitioner he's actually down in, here in San Diego he's pretty close in this area I want to go roll with him sometime mm. break my arm or something but yeah um it's really cool it's a cool like kind of independent made documentary um, but he's a young guy, but he speaks, um, with a, with a really high level of, um, life experience, maturity, like understanding of things. It's really cool. Uh, it's just really inspiring. I would definitely check that out. Even if you're just listening to it while you're working for me, it just gets me super pumped up to go roll because him and I have, it's almost like I'm listening to a conversation in my mind or something because we're really similar and the way we look at things and stuff and how we incorporate those things into jujitsu. And, and it's really cool. It's been really inspiring for me. So what's it called? The rise of Keenan Cornelius Keenan with okay. a K K E E N A Keenan Keenan N A. I'm, I suck at spelling. I have to like, is it on Reddit documentaries? Uh, probably see the, yeah. I'll, I'll just send you links to the rise of Keenan Keenan Cornelius. Another great documentary I just watched was Page One. Um, it's it's a documentary uh, inside the New York Times. Page One. Uh, yeah. Okay. Really good. Dude, I found this one documentary website. It's crazy. It's called. Uh, let me send you a link. It's uh, and and it, as you guys are listening, sorry, we'll we'll I'll send a post up these things. Documentaryaddict.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's fucking ridiculous. So Page One, you said. Yeah. Man, there's so much content to watch. Yeah, I have a hard time getting through. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how people get through this shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time listening to it while I'm working because it depends on what I'm really focusing on. So, I, I just recently started reading uh, Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. Oh yeah, um, which is fucking awesome. Like, it? it's well, if so far it's been great. You know, his his stuff is is off and on. It's all over the place, but. Uh, but I mean, his, his, his stuff, he, he just really paints a great picture, you know, of just like madness. So yeah, I would check that out if you ever listen to audiobooks cause that's been a, a crazy experience. Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Dr. Sleep. Uh, I have it on audiobook because I have a hard time reading all this yeah. content and stuff. So, which I like to read. I'd, I wish I would just read it instead, but, um, the narrator is actually really good. So yeah. Do you listen to audiobooks at all? I do. I I don't have like a, a, a 
consistent source, but I've I've had some amazing audiobook experiences. Um, but I don't. I, I guess I'm not sure where where like what like Audible. So we do. Uh, yeah, you can use Audible. Um, I think that's what I use. I can't remember. I think it's Audible. Yeah. Or sometimes if you really want, um, if you don't want to get the thing, sometimes it's on YouTube. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. People get away with murder on the YouTube shit, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can get it off YouTube or, yeah, or just, like, buy it somehow. I can't remember how I do it or, like, through Amazon Prime or something. I don't know how I get a hold of it. It's just somebody will tell me something and I'll just try and find it. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine's a big uh, Stephen King fan. He's like tell me to read Domaki as well, mm. or Dumaki. Yeah, he's God. That that dude just writes so much shit. So, yeah, and holy shit. Yeah, the worlds are so great. Like the first and second act, always like I always want to shit my pants, you know. Yeah. Then it's like you can't end his stories because they're so fun and crazy and filled with just madness. And when he ends them, it's just kind of like, no, damn, why yeah. you gotta end it and stuff. So. But yeah, he's. I'm. I'm actually getting his book about writing. Uh, he has a book about writing, uh, oh. and I, and I'm just. I've heard really great things about it. So that's like another book that I really want to get into. Let's see what's that shit called. Stephen King. Yeah, I think the last audio book I listened to was uh, Sarah Silverman, um, and. Uh, Steve Martin's autobiography was really good. Oh wow, that must be cool. He must have had yeah. a crazy life. Yeah, holy or, shit, crazy still has. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I listened to the the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. He actually did uh, the audio. He did like audio for the first bit of the book, which is great. I wish he did the whole thing. Um, that was really awesome, though. His his story is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, what, what a savage. One of my favorite audiobooks of all time, though, is World War Z. That's just like oh, so yeah, good. Yeah, never listened to that or read it. Did you Did you read it? No, did I've you, heard about it. If, oh, you haven't listened to the audiobook? Nothing, no. Oh, man. Yeah, you should definitely check out that audiobook because, yeah, for you and anybody that's listening, if you haven't listened to the audiobook for World War Z, it's amazing. They got, like, dudes like Henry Rollins does some of the voices they got these amazing voice actors and it's just yeah don't don't think about the movie because the movie i don't even know what that is it's not even it's not even the it's not even it's like it's like the whole i don't even know what that is really it's the audiobook is just so powerful and so strong and it has just i would love to make that into an episodic like crazy you know 12 episode where the you know the world gets basically taken over you know like and you make you know 12 episodes out of each scene that basically happens around the world and they all interconnect kind of like lost or something that'd be fun hmm. something like that would be rad who was the writer wasn't it someone uh, uh max brooks i think his name is max brooks yeah check that shit out it'll blow yeah. your mind it's it's super engaging like it just gets you yeah. right into it and I don't know if you like zombie stuff. I love that shit because it freaks me out it's big time. Yeah. Yeah, I love a zombie. <laughs> I love me some zombie. I was just, yeah. I just, uh, I was just trying to watch Twenty Eight Weeks Later actually the other oh, day. Oh yeah. And just the intro, I just, I, ha I have like, I squint and like I look away. It's so powerful still yeah. to me. I just, I have a hard time consuming it because it's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's heavy shit. Yeah. So I was, I said the same thing about. Uh, talking to my friend jesse about the new christopher nolan movie interstellar yeah yeah even the the trailer 
is so impactful and like emotional. I don't even know. Like honestly, I don't know if I'm going to see it because it looks so <laughs> like 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 so powerful or something. You know, especially with kids, like they're gonna. I think they that they're going to use the relativity of time. Yeah, in that of course. Yeah, um, they go into the black hole. Yeah, and he's got a daughter, and holy shit, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, that should be fun. I think he's going to do a good job with that. One of my favorite. Yeah. One he made. He directed one of my favorite films, The Prestige. I just love that. I love the story, and I thought it was really well directed film. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he. I hope he. I hope he brings back some of those those things i think he is i think he's had his time with getting inception done and all the dark knight stuff and he's he's worked his ass off and he's got a good crew of people so yeah i think interstellar should be pretty amazing so i'm excited for that yeah it should be yeah yeah, there's not many films that i know of right now that i'm actually like curious or excited to watch and that's definitely one of them so yeah um the new um uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie Nightcrawler looks amazing. Oh, really? He's got another one. Damn, he's yeah. been busy. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I watched Enemy. Have you seen Enemy? No, I haven't. Um, Nightcrawler. Uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, it's really, uh-huh. it's really weird. It's very interesting. Kind of just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. To, it's. Uh, I don't want to say anything beyond that. But uh, yeah, I would definitely check it out. It's kind of. It ends really weird. It's very artistic. It's, mm. I, I liked it a lot. It's from a book, and it's it's the same director that did Prisoners. Did you see that one? It also no. had Jake in it. Okay, yeah. The, the Prisoners was really interesting as well. Um, uh, beautiful cinematography. Some really crazy, iconic scenes. It had the guy, the, the priest kid that's from There Will Be Blood in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just wonderful. It's like such a good actor and stuff. So, yeah, we I just watched that. On Ilya's recommendation, I watched Under the Skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? Amazing. It's like, great how it doesn't explain itself, huh? It doesn't explain it. Yeah, it sort of like goes back to the Aeon Flux thing where uh, it just it was refreshing because it didn't treat doesn't treat you like an idiot. Like you you just completely draw your own conclusions. And it's I mean it, you know it took me a while to sort of warm up to liking it but it it was so powerful that i just you know i'm thinking about it days after i saw it you know yeah that's Uh, good it worked for you then his his voice worked for you a lot of people hated it hated it yeah Yeah, they just don't get it you know which is understandable it's not you know it's not a pixar film you know totally yeah It's, it's totally it's for a person that is willing to feel uncomfortable and not have you know satisfaction at the end of the experience, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what yeah. it'll leave you. It's not going to be like you know give you complete resolve. I got resolve from it. I just liked it because I like to ex- figure it out. And mm-hmm. I watched that. I, I try to do like a movie night once a month with my friends, and and I watched. I put that on for us to watch, and we really enjoyed that. It was a yeah. That was a really uh, interesting watch. And yeah, I think it, he handled a lot of things really interestingly, and I, and I yeah. I won't. Yeah, I don't want to do any spoiler stuff for anybody. Yeah, yet, no know? spoilers. But yeah. yeah, it's pretty compelling, and I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, yeah. I I had some some. Uh, the trailer didn't really give you much of anything, which is great. But um, I had some con- kind of concepts from it and stuff. So just because of little things that my friends had told me. So and I didn't get a chance to watch it before fuckers told me stuff. So oh yeah, I was like, damn it. <laughs> it was like two weeks later to watch it, and people were yeah. already telling me shit. So. 
but yeah that was a that was a cool one that was a cool recent film i i, I keep preaching her because it's like i love that film that was like one of my favorites too so yeah. that was like a really well executed like uh technological possible future without being like all blade runner and ghost in the shell you know mm-hmm. it's more of a possibility and playing on these interesting facts and things and i related to some episodes of uh, a show called black mirror from the uk Mm-hmm. Um, has some interesting kind of similar narrative tropes and stuff to it, which I think is kind of yeah. along the same line. So, yeah, I love the the production design of her. It's sort of that that I was I'm always interested in that question of as being a concept artist or a sci-fi concept artist is those being sort of asked to design the future or the near future, and sort of I loved how sort of subtle uh, the, the the production design was, but it felt clearly felt different. Um, but that's always an interesting question, sort of a mind, uh, you know, mind-bending question to ask to design, design for the future. Yeah, most people will just look at like Blade Runner and stuff, you know, um, yeah, because of how big of an impact it was, and it's aesthetically just this beautiful art house film, you know. Uh, but possibility is more like her, I think, you know. Yeah, we don't we don't necessarily kill one another off, and it's not always dark and rainy. It's just it just is, you know. It's yeah. the same as now. It's just a little bit better, maybe, and a little bit more congested, but it's still working out. We still have problems every day, you know. Yeah, but things work out. There, I don't I don't know. I I thought that was a fucking great film, though. This is one of my favorites from recent time. It just it really stands out as being a film that is able to carry all those weights really well. Mm-hmm. And not be too heavy-handed on anything as well. So yeah, yeah. Hats off to him because he pulled it off. Because it's very hard to do that. Many people have failed doing it, you know. So yeah, but, yeah. I'm excited for like the next like, kind of like Matrix or Jurassic Park, you know. And I think we're gonna get that through the Oculus. Oh, I, really, yeah. I really think the next big experience is gonna come through VR mm-hmm. for consumption. So that's exciting it is it's i'm curious to see what somebody comes up with or maybe i can help be a part of it or you and you know a friend of mine and somebody and know them what they're doing so but dude we rambled on a lot i apologize it's late do you uh, have anything else that you wanted to talk about or tell all the all the peeps all your homies no i mean i feel guilty we did, we talked about movies and stuff mostly <laughs> but uh. I, I, no, that's great. I mean, that was an awesome, awesome experience. I'm super honored to be on, to be on, and be with this amazing list of, of artists. And holy moly! <laughs> well, you had reached out to me, and I thought that was, uh, I thought that was awesome of you. You know, like you, you were just being legitimate. You know, and like just, I don't know. I think it was really cool. You know, like there was a, there was a mutual love, and and I think there was like some cool. I just thought it was rad that you reached out, you know, and, cool. and then I saw your work and I was like, dude, of course, let's have a talk, you know, I'm sure everybody yeah. would love to hear about what you have to say and what inspires you and stuff, you know. Awesome. Yeah, dude, I've been such a fan of your work for a long time, so. Thank you so awesome. much. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, hopefully we can do work on a project together sometime and, you know, in the future and stuff. That'd be Yeah, literally fun. any any time, dude, I'm, I'm in, just, you know, just let me know. Whatever a remake. You guys yeah, ready for this make. shit? <laughs> Let's put put a bunch of names in a hat. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Are like hard boiled or Uzumaki or something, you know? Like yeah, you know, those things would be a lot of fun. Or just make our own, you know, do a Lost Boy thing. Dude, yeah, <laughs> man. seriously. Yeah, you gotta you gotta 
We've got a concept art intern. This is awesome, man. You want so much love. I appreciate it. Same to yeah. you if you need anything as well. And yeah, man, we'll have we'll have links to your. You know, you only have an art. You have an art. What is this thing? You have an art art station a, site. Do you have an actual website? It's cargo. Can find it. Cargo Collective website. What the shit? Yeah, it's pretty dodgy. I lost my somebody. I let my 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 name my website laps and then somebody bought my name um so now it's just cargocollective.com slash joseph a cross uh okay i see it now yeah there's like this old dude that has the same name as you with like you're like i think it's yeah it's yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny i found it i was like ah oh, look at this i'm 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 terrible with the whole web presence thing too uh, i've managed to make a career with 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 without it luckily amazingly but um all my friends always give me a hard time about that still having i still have a hotmail account hi <laughs> dude dude vitaly has one of those too like i'm like oh shit i've ran into three people did this week that have hotmail i'm like what the shit <laughs> but dude, it's, I, back. it's back it's dude it's the new shit yeah it's the, old as the new yeah yeah if you dude uh one of our sponsors is, is squarespace i did like i don't try to, i'm not trying to plug them but they do really awesome like it's a great service kind of like cargo collective but it's a, yeah i think it's a little bit different i guess uh, they, they think yeah, it's, it's like they have different like layouts i guess cargo has similar stuff though i used cargo for a long time but we actually used cargo for the the websites like the, the, the podcast thing as well oh yeah which is great it's been a, re- a really useful tool and stuff which has helped us out a ton but um yeah, I don't know if you ever need help. But the cargo one's working totally fine too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a trick for the time being. But yeah, I'll definitely look into Squarespace. I think it's a cool product. You know, like it's a really great yeah. service. You know, I don't know. And um, yeah, and I, I'm really stoked that they were down to help out with the podcast and stuff. So yeah, it's a cool service. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll put. I'll make sure I have links to all this so everybody that's made it through the three hour conversation we had, they can be rewarded with some sexy time links so fair enough and hopefully all the stuff that we've mentioned and stuff and if you have any links to like books and shit that you like um maybe we'll try to do that sometimes too like just post up like this is the shit that you're into right now here's the links to it you know like, this yeah is, this is this is this these are the shit this is like the stuff that you're into like artists or books or anything because i know that everybody loves to know these things and share them i'm big on sharing that stuff so yeah so this stuff gives, gives me pumped up so but yeah, dude, it's been an awesome conversation, and thank you so much for coming on and staying up late and having talk about art and movies and the stuff you love. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm I'm sure our, our paths will cross soon enough, and yeah, just keep keep in touch. And yeah, and big uh, big congratulations to you and your entire team over there for completing your project and stuff. That's got to be a huge relief and get that out there. So awesome, dude. Yeah, well, thank you. And you have a shitload of fans at Bungie, I'll tell you that for oh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. I got to come up and visit you guys, and that'd be awesome. So, yeah. Dude, that'd be an, it'd be awesome. Yeah, any anytime, really. That's cool. Okay, next time I'm in Washington, I'll come up and say hi. That'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Oh, you just made me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Killer, man. Well, dude, right. thank you again so much, and, and have a good rest. And, um, yeah, thank you again for okay. kicking ass and all your awesome work and stuff, dude. Awesome, dude. I'll talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Have a good night. And thank you, everybody, right, for listening. Peace.